0: up and welcome back to bar down talking hockey episode number 149 presented by the bar room network my name is Vinny parisi and i am super stoked to be back with you all on this right here this is frankie Mueller, and he's just rocking the purple combo frank you're looking very purpley
1: i am very purpley today i'm excited to be back i'm sure the viewers have missed us we kind of left them without letting them know there wouldn't be a podcast um but we're back
0: Yes, I think the people who follow us on social media, they'll quickly realize that there wasn't going to be one last Wednesday, obviously. Thank you, Tom. Happy to be back. We're excited for a good show here today. What's up, Skokes? Um, Happy to have you guys here. Love you guys. Um, Yeah, Frank, last week we missed. I was out of town, but we are back. We are ready to rock. And I am really, really excited about the stretch run of the NHL season that is upon us.
1: Yeah, it's coming to an end though. I realize there's only about 26 regular season games left, at least for the Blackhawks. So it's you wait for this all year, and now it's two thirds of the way over.
0: It's two thirds of the way over in the regular season, but the playoffs last two months. Yeah. So the hockey season goes till June, which we got a long way to go before the Stanley Cup is awarded. But for mm-hmm. the teams that are not going to be participating in the playoffs, um, yeah, their season we're, we're winding down. We're wind, winding months. down to the stretch run. Um, I think the Blackhawks are having a perfect year. I think I think they're better at doing the thing this year than they were last year when they got lucky and got Connor Bedard. <laughs> I really really do. And I like this year. A you know what? We're going to talk about that. We will get to that. I am going to touch on it in period number 3, but we in order to get to period number 3, Frank, we have to do period number 1. And before we get to hockey, Frank, we have to, since we were unable to do so last week, we got to go over Super Bowl 58. Holy shnikes. That was fun, though. That was was a good Super Bowl. It was, as we like to say on this
1: show, a treat. It was a a major
0: treat. It was a major treat. I
1: didn't think Um, it was going to be a treat at the start.
0: No, no, not at all.
1: I didn't think it was going
0: to be. I made my prediction that it wasn't going to be a treat at all. Like and it was just so not. I got the result right but the way of getting there was just completely off. I, you know, we'll we'll get to that. But Frank, the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions for the second year in a row and the third time in the last 6 years. 5. What are your thoughts? 5. Sorry, 5. 2020 they won. It's their sixth straight AFC yeah. title appearance. Uh, third Super Bowl in five years. What are your yep. thoughts?
1: Man, they they did it. They won back-to-back the first time since the Patriots did it in 2004 and 2005. You know, the Chiefs got out to a very slow start. They're down 10-3 to at halftime. Things were looking grim. They couldn't move the ball at all. Patrick Mahomes struggled to get the ball past midfield for the first half. Then Andy Reid had a talk over with the boys at halftime. And the Chiefs came out swinging in the second half and won the Super Bowl 25-22. I almost pegged it right. I had the Chiefs winning by four. Very close game, like I expect. Very odd score, though, for the Super Bowl. You know, I, I wouldn't expect the 25-22 score. That's that weird, like, if you're playing squares, that 5-2 gets in there. Not expecting it to happen. And if you had strip cards, you're not expecting to win with a 7 when you have a final score of 5-2. to two. Very weird in terms of the scoring. I thought the Chiefs were going to lose the game on three or more different occasions throughout the game and like towards the end of the fourth quarter and in the overtime, thought the 49ers were going to do it at many different points, but they didn't and they got it done in overtime, only the second ever game for the Super Bowl to go to overtime, the last being the Patriots when they played the Falcons when they when they blew that 28 to 3 lead. But, you know, the Super Bowl started out one of the most boring is Super Bowls of all time. I thought it was going to go down as my least favorite Super Bowl of all time. But I think this was one of the most entertaining Super Bowl games I've ever watched. And it's definitely a Mount Rushmore Super Bowl, in my opinion. And I'm just glad that the second half of the game redeemed itself because I was getting nervous. I look forward to this every year. It started out bad. Like I was getting bored out of my mind.
0: Yeah, the first half was just a lot of feeling each other out and the two teams, the two coaches, doing what they needed to do to stay close in the game. No team took any real chances early on. They just wanted to keep it tight and keep it close and see who prevailed in the end, and that's what ended up happening. And when you get in a, get in a rat race like that, A lot of the times, Mr. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the one who finds a way to come out on top. Very Tom Brady type of game. The Super Bowl, that just reminded me so much of a couple of those Patriots teams. Um, What do you think of Patrick Mahomes and where he stands in today's NFL after watching that Super Bowl?
1: Well, when they were down 10 to 3 at halftime, the CBS broadcast flashed up an interesting Patrick Mahomes stat. A stat, and I don't know if you saw it, I'm sure you've heard of it. A stat that only a true legend or a true Hall of Famer can achieve. Patrick Mahomes at halftime, his current stat at that moment was he was eight and two in the postseason when losing by seven or more points. Eight and two when down by a touchdown or more. He did it again and pushed that record to nine and two. No other quarterback in the history of the NFL has a winning record in such scenario since 1950. Think about it. He's That's been insanity. down 11 times by seven and won nine of them. That's just, he's clutch. He's trailed by double digits in all four Super Bowls that he's played in. And he's won three of them, which is even in a crazier stat. Cause most teams, once they're down double digits, it's like, it's hard to come back, but to do it in all four Super Bowls and win three of them. I mean, Patrick Mah- Mahomes thrives in those pressure types of moments. And honestly is one of the most clutch players in the history of the NFL.
0: I couldn't agree more. When I think of the greatest players, the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived, the GOAT. I think following that Super Bowl victory, before going in, I had him fourth. I had Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. I had him fourth. I put him above Breeze and Favre and Marino and all I did. I think he's two right now. Now, after the Super Bowl, yeah. I would put him two. Mm-hmm. He jumps two spots by winning that Super Bowl, especially in the way that he did so. Um, Frank, what would it take for Patrick Mahomes to become the GOAT in your book over Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, so right now, obviously, I can't call Patrick Mahomes the GOAT. No, I don't think anybody is.
0: I think everybody kind of agrees.
1: I think there will become a time in our lives, though, where he will be considered the GOAT. If his career ended today, he'd be a Hall of Famer 100%, a legend, Um, but he would not be considered the GOAT if he retired today. To be the GOAT, you have to dominate for 100% of your career, kind of like Tom Brady did. Patrick Mahomes has been dominant every year of his career since he joined the NFL, but realistically, he could have anywhere from about 10 to 15 years left in his career, which is scary to think about. Like you got to play against this guy for 10 to 15 more years. That's if he stays healthy and he plays into his 40s like Tom did. But realistically, he could have anywhere between 10 to 15 years left in his career. And if he continues this dominance that we've seen the rest of his career and wins four or five more Super Bowls, which isn't out of the realm of possibilities, if he wins three or one out of every three Super Bowls going forward, that's five more Super Bowls if he played 15 years, which is like not unrealistic to think at all. So I think that if if he won five more Super Bowls, which, like I said, is not out of the question. That's guaranteed GOAT status. Yeah. I think he needs at least three, which would put him at six, one less than Tom to just be considered to be the GOAT. Because I think he could have one less Super Bowl than Tom Brady. And depending on the rest of his career stats, it could be argued that he's the GOAT. I think four or five definitely he gets there. Four or five means he definitely solidifies himself as the GOAT. But having three and one less than Tom, I think you could argue about it just because at 28 years old that he is right now, he's 28 years old right now. he's already done stuff that no other quarterback has done before in the history of the NFL, including things that Tom Brady's never done before at this age. He's right now he uh, Patrick Mahomes is on a, an exclusive list of winning two NFL MVPs and three Super Bowl MVPs, okay? Brady and Montana are on that list as well. But Brady did it at age 33. Montana did it at age 34. Mahomes is 28. He's not even 30 yet. So, I mean, he's doing things that some of these legends have, like quicker than what some of these legends have done. And he's definitely approaching GOAT territory. I think, to, to answer your question, three more Super Bowls would definitely, you could argue, GOAT status. Four to five, he's got it.
0: I think there could be an argument if he only gets to five Super Bowls because like, and you know, I'm a Tom Brady guy I'm wearing a Patriots hat right now, Yeah. but I do think times have changed a little bit over the period. I absolutely think he could. I would actually, if I had to take the over on five and a half Super Bowls or under, I would take over. I think like I, I, I do. I think I he, would,
1: he, he gets it. I think, yeah, he
0: gets it. I, I do too um getting the 3 early is important tom had 3 early there was 10 years in between super bowl 3 and 4 for tom brady not that's a lot where, of people not a lot of people realize that i and that that's what i think too i agree i do think there will be a transition at some point the difference there will be a couple of major differences tom had the elite tight end late but he had the elite defense early uh Mahomes kind of had the elite tight end early. We'll see if they end up with another elite tight end later on. Cause Kelsey's not going to be there for Mahomes' whole career. Neither is Andy Reed. And that's a major difference between mm-hmm. Tom two. Tom had one coach the whole time. Um Patrick Mahomes will probably have two. Because I do think whoever goes in is gonna look like the best coach in the league. You know where I stand on that. Um Andy Reed's amazing, but he was that guy who couldn't win the big game until he got Patrick Mahomes. And now he's got three Super Bowls when it was kind of looking like he was going to retire as the greatest coach to never win one. Um, so if they end up, let's say Matt Nagy becomes their head coach. The guys already got guys already got a coach of the year under his belt. If he wins three with Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's going to be all of fame coach, which is going to make bears fans laugh, but that's going to be the case. And then, I don't know how long their defense is going to stay this elite because Chris Jones is probably going to leave in free agency. He's part of the core, though. If you're thinking of the core of the Patriots dynasty up to this point, it probably includes Mahomes, Kelsey. Uh, Chris Jones, that's probably the big Chris free. Jones,
1: fantastic. He's like their best defensive player. I, yeah. I do think without him, their st- defense is still pretty good. Yes, It'll still two be years ago,
0: losing him would have been a disaster.
1: It would still be considered Patrick Mahomes' best defense that he's yes. had, even if Chris Jones leaves. So, yeah, but yeah, he might leave in free agency. Yeah, I want to touch on something though that I don't know if you realize. This is like a great trivia question if you ever go to like bar trivia or something, mm-hmm. because Andy Reid has three. Super Bowl rings as a head coach, like you said, yeah. but he actually has a fourth ring, just not as a head coach. Do you know who it's with? Um, I would have never guessed in a billion years. I would have never guessed. I, I couldn't believe it. He was part of
0: Mike Holmgren's coaching tree. So if I had to guess. I was
1: stunned. This
0: is a guess. This is a pure okay. guess. So if I'm way off, don't laugh at me. But if I had to guess, he was with Mike Holmgren and the Green Bay
1: Packers with Brett Favre. He was. He was. He won it with the Wow. Green Bay he VP. Won, I would have never. I, that's props. I, like you didn't. You completely came up with it. You didn't. I see swear that? to God. The, that, that's the impressive. only.
0: The only. The only thing I knew beforehand was that he was part of Mike Holmgren's coaching tree. And I remember Mike Holmgren coaching two teams. He coached the Packers and he coached the Seahawks. And I believe by the time Home G got to the Seahawks, uh, Andy Reid was already the coach of the Eagles.
1: I think he it was 97 when they won it with the Packers. Brett
0: Favre's won Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. That's impressive. I, I just knew he was part of Mike Holmgren's coaching tree because they kind of look alike. Google a picture of Mike Holmgren, and he, <laughs> him and him and Andy Reid kind of look alike. Um, but yeah, that I just knew he was part of that coaching tree. Like, like it'd be like somebody pulling. I mean, it kind of does look like Andy. They, and they they look like they almost look like they could be like cousins or brothers. Um, Dude, that's weird. Yeah, I just knew he was part of, and Mike Holmgren. He was the coach of the Packers when I first started watching football, but he moved on to the Seahawks. I have a blurry side after. by side.
1: Hold on, there's a side by side of them. Yeah, they they look pretty. They look pretty close. This is to, insane. It's blurry because it's just like the art. But like Frank, yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, he's with the Seahawks there.
1: Yeah, that's and like Jordan Reed was a head coach. the yeah,
0: Eagles. Eagles. The the Seahawks were like Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Sean Alexander. It was before the Legion of Boom, like the era before the Legion of Boom.
1: If, um, if Andy yeah. Reid got rid of his mustache, identical.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there was a point where Mike Holmgren had the mustache. He
1: did. He did. Yeah. I see him in pictures here. He did. Yeah. And then, then there he was, shaved it. Yeah. Do you remember
0: the coach? There was a coach of the Ottawa Senators that looked like he could have been the yes, third yes. brother, too.
1: Yes. I'm drawing oh, a blank God. on his name,
0: though.
1: He's People roasted him, too. He's in the league right
0: now as an assistant coach, though. I can't remember with what team, though. Um, but yeah, um, just really, really good stuff. Um, Handy reads, he's a dog. There's no doubting it. Um, Brandon trust. Uh, I don't think that's it.
1: This Brandon- is him. Yeah. This is him. This is the guy I'm thinking of. Hold on. Um, I'll show you. It's well, gotta
0: be uh, McLean Doug. No, not Doug McLean. It was McLean or something. The coach of the senators. Um, this is the
1: guy VP, at least the guy I'm thinking of.
0: Let me see. Paul McLean, that's who I'm thinking of. Oh Paul, yeah, yeah, it was
1: Paul M- Brandon Prust. That's okay. yeah,
0: Paul McLean.
1: Paul McLean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: they look similar. Very funny, very funny. But yeah, Mike Holmgren. That's what him. A cool, what a name, Paul. Um, Frank, what do the Chiefs need to do? to be a dynasty if they're not already?
1: I would say the Chiefs are a dynasty in my eyes right now. Um, So I know, well, first of all, a lot of people might disagree with it, but they've won three Super Bowls in five years. They've won back-to-back Super Bowls, something that no other team's been able to do in 20 years. Patrick Mahomes was asked about the dynasty, and he says it's indeed the start of one. I agree with that. I know there's some people who will argue against them being a dynasty, that it doesn't fit the criteria that is set or the stereotypical dynasty criteria. People think of dynasties such as like the Bulls winning six championships in eight years. That is a dynasty, but dynasties also vary by sport. And it's so hard to win in the NFL, which is why it's so rare for a team to win back to back. This team is not only won three out of the last five Super Bowls, though, but they've also appeared in the AFC Championship six consecutive years in a row. They're a threat every year to win the Super Bowl, and because of that and their dominance, I think it's crazy to argue against them being a dynasty. I mean, there's not much more for them to do in terms of solidifying their dominance in the NFL. So if they're not considered a dynasty, I don't know what is. Be honest, I
0: agree, I agree with you completely. And I told some people at the party I was at for the Super Bowl if you look at the Chiefs or if you like go through your life, there are very few days in your life where you watch a dynasty form, and like today could be one of them. That's what I said the day of the Super Bowl. Um, the Blackhawks were a modern day NHL dynasty, but they never won in back to back years. The Kings won two and three. I think you need three to be a dynasty. Um, The Penguins got three in the Crosby era. Then they had a back-to-back, but the third one was seven years prior. I don't know about that. They were dominant during the Crosby-Malkin era. I don't think anybody's arguing that. Um, Like, dominant. But I wouldn't necessarily call them a dynasty. They were legit threats every year of Crosby's career. But dynasty is a strong term for a team that won three in 10 years. Um, I think of the Lightning, they didn't get the third. Um, They were in three straight Cups. It would have been a dynasty if they beat the Avalanche. And I still think if they won right now, if they won the Cup this year, and that's three wins in five years with four appearances, I probably would call them a dynasty Uh, on the Stamkos, Kucherov, Palat, Hedman, Vasilevsky era but they're not going to win the cup. Um, the Chiefs, they're or that. Would,
1: wouldn't it be three and six? Because they they lost the one, and then they weren't in it last year. So it yeah. would be this, you said three and five, right?
0: Yeah, three and five years, three and six seasons. Yeah, it'd be three and six. It would be like what the
1: Hawks did. Yeah, yeah they have a back-to-back, though. Mm-hmm.
0: And I do think back-to-back is like... The, uh, having at least one back to back is like kind of part of it, but like I consider the Hawks a dynasty without having and they made it to back-to-back. the conference
1: finals. And, I think, cool. and I think and I think that making, plays into it. And why I, I agree, I agree. have made yes. it six years in a row. Yes, the AFC Championship. That's I, agree. I lean it and four Super Bowls. And if it's not a true dynasty, I agree with with Mahomes that it's the start of one.
0: Yeah, I, I think it already is. I, I do think deep playoff runs that don't result in a championship can be added to the mix if you have multiple championships. So they got three championships, a runner-up, and three other AFC Mm runner-ups. Or two other AFC runner-ups. So in six years, they've either lost in the AFC title game, lost in the Super Bowl, or won the Super Bowl. You don't get much better than that in the NFL. You just don't.
1: It varies by sport.
0: 100%.
1: NFL is one of the hardest sports to win a Super Bowl. Yes. Or win a championship, I should say.
0: Because more than any other sport, you need the right player at the right position. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes you can have that and still not be good enough. Only Tom Brady and Joe Burrow have beaten um, Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. Tom Brady's retired, and Joe Burrow has run into some injury trouble this year. We'll see if he's healthy next year. If he's healthy next year, I believe the Bengals will be one of the best teams in the NFL again and could win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, all the other top quarterbacks in the AFC have been unable to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs so far. That could they all? Yeah, I I do think, you know, but those those guys like Drew Brees got one. Aaron Rodgers got one. Peyton Manning had two. Um, you know, who's going to be the Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning of the Patrick Mahomes era? You know, Is it going to, is Josh Allen going to get one? Matthew Stafford got one, but I still kind of, I would throw Stafford in the previous generation just like, he kind of teeters both, but Mm -hmm. I I would still probably throw him in the previous generation with Tom Brady and like most of his elite years were in that era. Um, Who's going to be that guy? There will be others to get one. Is it going to, is Josh Allen going to get one? Is Lamar going to get one? Will Jalen Hurts get one? Um, will one of these guys in this year's draft come up and be the guy, will CJ Stroud get one? I think there's a chance. Um, you know, will, will the 49ers find a way to get Brock Purdy one or do they need to make an upgrade? You know, there are all sorts of, things that could go on he's not gonna win 10 straight super bowls so who who's gonna be who's gonna be the one to come up and also what's next for the uh chiefs it's kind so of so do a, the do the 49ers
1: party. upgrade in your opinion now because we talked about if they lose is it time to upgrade
0: yeah I do not believe they're going to this year would you I would I don't know how like I would I would I would try doesn't mean it's guaranteed If you're the 49ers and you think Brock Purdy's the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL, you could get to a Super Bowl. You might even be able to win one. But like with that roster and that coaching staff and that GM, the one thing they're missing is like that that guy who could just make a play in overtime. Mm -hmm. Get the touchdown instead of the field goal in the biggest moment on the biggest stage. Mahomes can do that. I think if Allen were on the 49ers, they'd have two by now. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Good quarterback in his prime. He was good. They got to the Super Bowl with him. They had a lead in the Super Bowl. You mentioned a double-digit lead yep. against the Chiefs. Couldn't close it out, though. Twice? It's, it's those guys. Some people blame coaching. I don't. All the time. All the time. Kyle Shanahan gets shit from me for the Falcons debacle, not the 249 49ers debacles. Uh, there are people arguing over whether or not you would kick or receive in overtime. With the new rules, I'd love to know where you stand on that. Like, did you think Kyle Shanahan was a moron for receiving the kick? Because in a regular season game, in a regular season game, that's no question you receive. Because if you score a touchdown, you win. I would want to kick. You would want to kick and see what Mahomes does, so you can respond. Hundred percent. Okay, so you and if they
1: if they botch the field goal, I know I could win on a field goal. You want to have that advantage?
0: Okay. It was the first year with these new rules. Kyle Shanahan was the guinea pig. Um
1: there's no way I would wanna
0: yeah, receive first. in a regular season game. 100% you receive first. 100%. Not even close.
1: But if a touchdown doesn't win, I want to kick first. Yeah, well, that's I'll fair. Take, I'll take my chances.
0: I thought Kyle Shanahan deserved a little bit of crap in that game for that. It but... was
1: a bad decision. And for the players to come out and said we didn't know the new rules. Yeah. Come on. Come You're in the the NFL. If I was in the NFL, I knew the rules not being in the NFL. So if you're making millions, you better know the damn rules.
0: Do you blame the coaches for that?
1: Well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan did make the decision. He went and told the players if we win the toss. Like, he explained his decision-making. He said, we wanted to make sure if we scored touchdown for touchdown, we wanted on the third possession to have the chance to win the game. I understand that. But the way they played in the second half, they weren't scoring a lot of touchdowns. So it's like they were kicking a lot of field goals. They kicked the field goal in overtime. In that situation, well, let's play ball. Let's see if we could stop Mahomes. Because if we kick the field goal, similar to what you say, what would happen against the Bills if the Bills made the field goal? Patrick Mahomes would storm down the field and get in the field. Goal. Like, let's put the pressure on Mahomes first because yes. we know what he does in these moments. Yeah. Down three, the way he was playing, okay, he's going to get in the field goal range. Yep. You are, well, you really can't, especially in the Super Bowl, but do you think the inst you'd have to kick the field goal like the 49ers do? But is there any world where they don't and they go for it on fourth down, knowing that Mahomes is gonna go down the field? I don't think you yeah. I don't think you can.
0: Yeah, not with not with their offense. I don't think you can. The Chiefs maybe. And they, they had that fourth and one that they had to go for, otherwise yep. they lose the game and they got it. Isn't that insane? It was like the biggest play I've watched. I I remember like, holy shit. They had a chance to lose on
1: like three different occasions.
0: Yep, And they just find a way to beat you. It doesn't matter who's on the other side. That's what's great about this Chiefs team. So that leads me. What is next for the Chiefs?
1: There's only one goal left, really. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to try and become the first team in NFL history to win three Super Bowls. In a row. That's like the end goal after that. You've accomplished everything you've you've needed to accomplish. No other team has ever achieved this feat. And Andy Reid's coming back to coach next season. Rasheed Rice is developing into a true number one receiver. And Mahomes has the best defense he's ever had in his career. So if there's a team to pull this off, it's the Chiefs. However, it's not going to be easy. I believe there are a lot of young teams getting better, such as C.J. Stroud and the Texans. And if Joe Burrow is healthy, and maybe Josh Allen finally can get it done against them, four times a charm. We don't know, but these teams are going to do everything in their power to not let that happen. They don't want to see that happen. They want to be the one having the success. And I think there's going to be quite a few surprises next season. Like the Chiefs may have a huge uphill battle to face next year. Like I strongly believe that. Like Mahomes isn't going to win ten Super Bowls in a row. So it'll be interesting to me. That's like the final step. That's like the final boss of a video game. Can we get? three Super Bowls in a row. If it's not now, there may never never be a team in the NFL to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Now, if they win three in a row, I don't think Mahomes will be done being motivated. I think he wants to catch Tom. Like, the, the motivation that is there for him is there, in my opinion. So I don't think any amount of Super Bowls is going to stop them from being hungry every year. Like, they're never going to have that hangover because of the status and the, you know, the legendary – ...ness that Mahomes can reach. Um, I do think that's there. Winning three in a row would be freaking sweet, though. Um, I like the Bengals going into next year. We'll see what happens with the Bills. Um it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. They were real hot down the stretch. It'll probably be a similar type situation. Like I honestly see a lot of similarities next year outside of the Bengals being more in the mix because I think they'll be healthier. Um Especially with their quarterback, but like, are the bills going to start off slow and then get hot and be a favorite in the playoffs? Yeah, I actually could see that happening. Are the Chiefs going to be very mid in September? And people are going to say, Oh, there go the Chiefs, they're finally done. They're you know, they're done. They can't lead the league. And drop like when passes. Joey called them
1: washed, you remember that? Yeah,
0: they're, they're washed. They used to do this <laughs> with the Patriots, they'd lose a game to Miami in Miami when it was a 100 degrees in October. And people will be like, oh, the Patriots, they're just not good anymore. And, you know, it's honestly, a joke. I will i will not take any Chiefs, like, disrespect. I will not take it seriously at all next year. I just won't. I will laugh at people who don't have them, like, as a legit threat to win the Super Bowl as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy and, you know, there. Um, I hate to be that guy but like every elite quarterback who ever lived had one year where they like broke their clavicle in the first week of the season and missed the entire year. Like, you know, that, that keeps guys from winning three in a row or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, as long as he's healthy, there's, there's really no stopping them. There's no stopping them from at least being like very, very good. If I'm Joe Burrow, I'm motivated. I'm one guy left in the league who beat him in the playoffs and I know I could get it done and I have weapons around me. I have Jamar Chase. The defense is pretty good. I like my coach. We play in a very tough division, but that could honestly be a good thing because when you get to the playoffs, you're already battle tested and ready to go like the Steelers Browns Bengals Ravens. All four of them could be in first place next year. All four of them could be in last place, Um, you know, and whoever's in last place could be a playoff team. Like it almost happened this year. where all four teams made it because um, the division winner gets their bid. And then if the next three teams are the next, it's very hard because you play each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that doesn't mean you're not, you know, I still, who missed from the the Bengals, the Bengals with Burrow are better than the most only of the team teams. that
1: missed out of that. Division. Yeah.
0: And they had a chance that they have the, uh, the lowest or the highest draft pick, or excuse me, the lowest draft pick of all the non-playoff teams. Mm-hmm. You know, like they could have got in. Who who was the seven seed in, um, in the NFC in the AFC? Was it the Tech? No, it wasn't the Texans. Well, it was they the won Dolphins, right? It might have been the because Dolphins
1: because the, the Bills jumped to the two seed, and I'm pretty sure the Dolphins dropped down to the six or who, seventh
0: Who who did the Bills play in the first round?
1: <sighs> they played. It wasn't the Dolphins, right? Because the, cause the no. only way they played the Dolphins was if the Dolphins won. It's
0: whoever the Bills played in the first round is who they.
1: Was it the Was it the Browns? Oh, the
0: Frank Frank.
1: Oh, the Steelers. The yeah. Steelers. I remember. I was dreading
0: it. Yeah. Well, that's how close they were. Um, it will be fun, though. I can't wait to see what comes of this off season.
1: Also, how is Aaron Rodgers going to fare next season? He's going to yeah. be hungry to get back. And if he's Justin healthy. Herbert's going to want to be healthy and get back to winning ways with Harbaugh as the coach. Yep. Yep. I, mean, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. So the
0: Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars missed the playoffs because they were 7-3. and three. Lawrence went down and they lost every game but one down the
1: stretch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of hungry teams wanting to take him down. It's going to be that, tough next year.
0: Isn't that crazy that the Jaguars were 7-3 and three and missed the playoffs?
1: I thought they were in.
0: I thought they were a Super Bowl contender,
1: and then they just shit the bed.
0: They really, really did. Um, but yeah, what an exciting time! I have to tell you something. I changed my opinion on something. Uh oh. I'm all in on Caleb Williams.
1: Oh no! I every you were already all in though.
0: Every yeah, but we like liked him already. We, I was we, the guy who like we showed. I showed doubt. If he's not the guy then I don't think that's like anybody's fault, but the scouts, because from everything I've heard, he is just the real deal. He is just the real deal. He, I, I don't know if generational they people throw that term around too much. I actually think the, the best that the word generationals used is probably in football In hockey. They throw it around way too much. Like, like in my opinion, Bedard, McDavid, and Matthews are the only generational players in the league. McKinnon is close, but he wasn't a generational talent coming out of junior. He was just like a clear-cut number one pick, like a Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, same thing. Is he a generational talent? I I don't know. Is he a a franchise top five player in the league? Yeah, same thing with McKinnon. But like McDavid, that guy, like he's gonna have a thousand points before he's twenty nine um Matthews might score 80 goals this season we were talking 70 shit he might have 80 (laughs) um you know Bedard what he's doing um but in football the last time we heard generational was Lawrence who when he's healthy looks really really damn good and before that it was Andrew Luck which was 2012 Andrew Luck He's probably not going to go to the Hall of Fame cuz he didn't play enough years, but like you can argue that he deserves to be despite his lack of years. Um you know, there are people that call him a bust cuz he retired so young, but I mean, he was not a bust because he was elite. He was a top 5 player in the NFL during his time. Um people are saying using that word for Caleb Williams scouts, people who watch him play, it, People who get mad at his character because he like cried to his mom when USC lost a big game. You know what? No Bears quarterback has ever showed that type of passion about winning and dedication to the team. And well,
1: it looks like the Bears are going to go that route.
0: I I think they are.
1: The odds of Fields being on the Bears next year is as like plus seven fifty.
0: Yeah, aren't they like the third highest team on the betting odds?
1: So I it looks like the Bears are going to go the route of Caleb Williams.
0: Yeah, I I personally think Fields will be traded by March first.
1: I don't think you get Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr.
0: You don't. You absolutely it's, it, it's, don't. It's
1: near impossible.
0: Yeah, you don't. But
1: if it somehow happened, <laughs> I mean. But what about
0: what about Williams and Malik Neighbors or Rome Odunze or however you say his name, the Washington guy?
1: Well, the Bears have what, first and fifth?
0: First and nine.
1: Oh, yeah, they're not getting them.
0: No, they're not getting Harrison. I thought
1: they had first and fifth, and I no. did not even think they had a shot to get him. Yeah, at five. Yeah, no,
0: I think – The top three could be quarterbacks. They will. It it could go Jaden, Daniels, and um, Drake May in the top three. Williams for sure in the top three. The three teams, you know, it's not every year that teams that need a quarterback are the top three. That is the case this year. Mm -hmm. The Patriots are going to move on from Mac Jones, and the Commanders are going to move on from Sam Hall.
1: I like Sam Hall, too.
0: Yeah, do. they don't like him in Washington, though. They're done with them. They're going to draft gonna
1: be a good backup. I, think, I take him as a backup.
0: Yeah, of course. I think Drake May is probably going to end up being their pick. And then if the Patriots take a quarterback, that leaves Marvin Harrison Jr. for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And like, what if Kyler Murray looks like the guy who we all thought he was going to be? He did for a minute there. And then injuries and inconsistencies have played a battle in his career. But I'm excited for the draft, though. I released my first mock draft yesterday. And it was tasty. It was it was really, really good. I'm excited about it. It'll be fun, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see if we have a new quarterback for our Chicago Bears um, soon. Frank, it's time to talk a little hawk. in period number two. Welcome to period two, Frank. The stadium series was over the weekend at MetLife Stadium, home of the New York Jets and the New York football Giants. It was a great weekend. At MetLife Stadium, there was a lot going on. There was Jonas Brothers concerts and Gaslight Anthem concerts and all sorts of great stuff. On Saturday night, the New Jersey Devils took on the Philadelphia Flyers. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll give my synopsis. Then I want to really hear it from you because you were there. But... um. Yeah, Devils win 6-3 against the Philadelphia Flyers. Had to be a banger to see in person. Can't imagine that. Devils came out firing. Nico Dawes has been lights out lately. Finally, like, one of the goalies I could get behind for the New Jersey Devils. I like Schmid, too, um, but Nico Dawes has been electric factory lately. Flyers had so many scoring opportunities in that game, and Nico Dawes just shut them down on nearly everyone. Very surprised at how well he was playing. And he has been playing that well for most of the games he's played this season. Now, Nico, he's sure he was outstanding. He almost had his first career hat trick on an empty net goal. He had two goals and an assist. We saw the devils get some scoring from their depth depth players. Their defense looked a whole lot better. The flyers weren't even playing bad. I mean, the flyers set a record for the most shots on goal in a single period for an outdoor game. They had 27 shots on goal in the second period. So they weren't even playing bad. And the way the second period started, it looked like the Devils were going to be cooked. But they battled. And Nico Dawes was great. The game... That game showed that the Flyers have so much to work on as an organization in developing and building a winning franchise. They just had the opportunities, but they couldn't capitalize on the opportunities. And to me, that's what a good franchise does, is they capitalize on those scoring opportunities. And that's why so many of the good teams in the league have won cups and stuff like that, because they do that. And the Flyers aren't there yet, and the Devils proved they're a step ahead of the Flyers. They got the better players on their team, and they dominated. But... You know, the Flyers showed fight, and it was a very entertaining game. How was it for you, VP? Frank, it was one of the
0: best days of my life. I honestly think it was the top sporting event I've ever been to, and that's saying something. It passes the SEC Championship Uh as my all-time favorite sporting event that I ever went to. It was, first of all, I got to go to a game at The Rock two days before. They lost to the Kings, but it was just so fun to be there and see everything and be a part of it again um the the stadium series though from the time i got there at noon eastern until the game started at eight eastern eight hours in the parking lot it was just one of the greatest days ever i loved it so much um it was cold i i had wind burn on my face when i got (laughs) back um no doubt um But it was really cold. It's not the coldest I've ever been at a sporting event, though. I also dressed perfect for it. I honestly think, like, you know, I did a good job with layering myself. Um, it got a little cold towards the end. But, you know, the devil scored enough times. There was a little bit of a lull in the second period. Obviously, you touched on that. And that led to you, like, sitting in your seat a little longer than you were used mm-hmm. to. But, like, Nico, he sure scored 32 seconds into the game and the place just freaking exploded. Gaslight Anthem wasn't even ready. They tripped over the, your, their equipment, getting to their instruments so they could play the goal song. They were so caught off guard by the fact that they scored so quickly. Um, from beginning to end, though, the NHL, they should be proud of themselves. The Devils should be proud of themselves. The players looked good. The stadium looked good. Um, it was pretty easy to get in. Um, the tailgate was incredible. Chico Resh stopped by our tailgate and did some stuff. We had, you know, a couple Devils people come along and be a part of the show. It was a two and a half hour pregame show. Uh People, Frank, I signed an autograph. I saw. Like what? <laughs> You're famous. Yeah, I'm like, holy crap! You know, if we got one thing going for us in that small little space, people are enjoying what we're doing. But you know, it, it was just truly, truly awesome. I, they scored six goals. Like, holy crap, we got to stand up and sk- sing You Suck to the Flyers fans. You know, it, it was just unbelievable theater. And I, I couldn't be more thrilled with the way the day went and the fact that the Devils got a big win, two big points. Um, it was it was awesome. I loved every second of it. It was truly amazing.
1: How was the Jonas Brothers concert?
0: The Jonas Brothers concert? I heard it was real good on TV. Um, why are you well, laughing? hard
1: to hear it. Because Katie posted on her Snapchat, worst Jonas Brothers concert ever. <laughs>
0: so, and I remember thinking this when I saw Weezer at the stadium, se- or at the Winter Classic, um, the Plain White Tees at the Stadium mm-hmm. Series. I have a couple, like, pretty good bands at outdoor hockey games. Um, it's not designed for a concert. They didn't have, like, a typical sound booth, a typical sound check.
1: Probably hard to um, hear.
0: Yeah, it's a little harder to hear. It's designed for a hockey game featuring a concert. So the sound wasn't perfect. It probably was her worst Jonas Brothers experience, but it was still a Jonas Brothers experience. So she got to sit there and sing along with all the great, you know, songs that they played. Um, It was exciting. She enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed it too. You know, the Waffle House song is real catchy. A couple of the songs. Oh, yeah, I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. The Jonas Brothers are awesome. It just didn't. It didn't sound like as if you were to go to the United Center and see them on their typical tour, but everyone had a good time with it. They let people onto the field for that part of the show. Um, It was really, really cool. The presentation, there were two street, what's NHL street? I don't even know what that is, but like they had this sick rinks off to the side and one of them was dedicated to devil's flyers and the other was dedicated to Rangers Islanders. And there were just kids playing on it during the intermission. It was like a, a floor hockey rink. Oh and it was like right next it was like adjacent to the actual um ice rink that was in the middle of the stadium and watching youth play uh floor hockey was awesome um uh nj devil and gritty pied a rangers fan I in the that. face
1: that was on uh, what,
0: that that was right on the the floor hockey rink or right next to it was um, cool. There was a point, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but there was a point where NJ had Gritty's clothes and Gritty chased him around the stadium naked. <laughs> um, very, very funny what they did with the mascots, the way they catered to children, the way they catered to TV, the way they catered to hockey. A lot of New Jersey themed. The Devils walked in dressed as the Sopranos while the Flyers walked in dressed as Rocky. Um, It was just it was so Cool from beginning to end, it made me realize how much I like I like hockey at all forms. I like street hockey, I like the colors of hockey, the flyers orange, the devils red. It, it it was just I I I get crazy thinking about it because of how much I love it. And like, yeah, the devils won, and that was amazing. That was obviously incredible. I but like even without that, like just the celebration of the devils, the celebration of hockey, it was just absolutely unbelievable. I I I can't say enough good things about that experience and how happy it made me.
1: But was it a little extra special because they beat the Flyers? Yeah, like of you course. Just had to have that little extra.
0: Yes, of course. It was like the cherry on top. Like yeah, they yeah. didn't just beat them. They like they really took. They they didn't. They were loot. They were not tied or losing other than the first thirty-two seconds. That's it. Yeah. And five of those seconds were spent with Heisher on the breakaway.
1: I got nervous for them in the second period. I so really did
0: when the when Owen Tippett made it two to one, I was like, uh
1: oh. And then didn't he score a power play goal at the end of the second? Yes.
0: He had two goals. He was the it, second star of the game.
1: Yeah.
0: Um somehow Nico Dawes, the most saves in the history of an outdoor game, was not a star he of the game. He was
1: so good. I yeah. he impressed me a lot. He really does. Yeah. And I'm not
0: surprised Nico Heischer was the number one star. There's favoritisms towards star players, obviously, when the media selects, especially for a bit. He had two goals and an assist. Uh, Nathan Bastion was the third star. He had two goals. Uh, One of them was an empty netter. When he scored the first goal, he did the Danny DeVito Italian symbol, and they were in the home of the Giants. So that's really funny. MetLife Stadium has hosted two NHL games since 2010 and one NFL playoff game um, between two teams. So that's very funny. Um, I, I, I just can't say enough good things about it. I will never forget it. I will never forget how much it made me love hockey. It makes me want to download NHL and play all day. Like I, I just, I, I love this sport. And that day was a true reminder of it, dude. We did a podcast. We were with Chico Chico shows up, right? Mm-hmm and right before Chico came up, Beer Baron, I don't think we've had Beer Baron on this show, but he's on the Let's Go Devil is. Show. You yeah. would, you'll you love him. We'll have him on. He takes off his shirt. It's 20 degrees, and I think the the feels like is like 13. He takes off his shirt, and he's going crazy on the mic. People are going ballistic. Here walks Chico. And we start interviewing Chico. And I'm I'm zoned in, I'm locked in. Like you could go back and watch. It's on all the Let's Go Devils feeds. Um I'm I'm interviewing him and he's talking. We're we're debating, we're debating who would you rather have between Nathan McKinnon and Austin Matthews on the show, right? And we're talking about it, giving arguments for both sides. We love both players. We agree they're number two and three right now in the league. Um, but like which order would you take them if you were yeah. drafting a team from scratch? And all of a sudden I look up. And there's 150, 200 people surrounding this thing looking and I'm like, <laughs> holy crap. I, I, I officiated a wedding and there were less people watching me than when we were doing that. Like it was just abs. My jaw hit the floor it was like, unbelievable. I loved it so much. It, it was, it was truly, I can't, like, I could tell you stories for days about it. When we first got there, we got kicked out of the parking lot that we were originally going to post up in. The go MetLife on. Stadium security was like, "No, this is for media, whatever." And Sam didn't want to like argue with them like, "Well, we're media too. You know, we're about to put on the biggest podcast this parking lot has ever seen," which we did end up doing. Um, and you don't believe me, go back and watch the video. Um like we ended up moving and Sam and Shorts guy, you met Shorts guy, yeah. had to go like back to the front of the entrance with the parking lot. Well, me, Katie, and Beer Baron walked over the flags, and we like secured a spot like for Sam and Shorts Guy to meet us in with the car. Well, while we're waiting there, it's daytime. It's like twelve thirty in the afternoon Eastern. The game mm-hmm. starts at eight, so we got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. We're waiting there for Sam and Shorts Guy, and all of a sudden, from MetLife Stadium, we hear. Mm-hmm. It's the devil's go horn. Yeah. And then the guitar. That's it was cool. Gaslight Anthem doing their little sound check ready. And they did it like four times. And that got from that moment on, I was like so hyped. I was just ready to rock. I'm like, holy crap. We're getting a freaking rock concert. That's we're cool. getting the devils. This, this show is going to be unreal. Um, we ended up having... Uh, Ryan Nowazinski and James Nichols, two great writers for the New Jersey Devils across various websites. Um, they came on the show. Can't, Sam Kassan, who works for the Devils media team. He like works with Amanda Stein and Catherine Bogart to like make sure they always put on a good production every day, um, pre- and post-game um, from the team, not MSG. Right. Um, we, we never ended up getting – we were supposed to get Erica Wachter, but she never came through. Um, but you know, there were just guests and guests and people coming up to us and Hey, sign this, the, the, crew brew. One guy wanted every member of the podcast to sign it. That's what I was signing in that video. And I was like, Holy crap, what is going on right now? People came up to me. He's like, Vinny. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he, you know, these people introduced themselves to me. And then he's like, Oh, here have a rib. A rib? This rib that these people made. I don't know the like these like are just a, people...
1: like an edible rib, like, like ribs. ribs, yeah, yeah.
0: And like these people who don't know me are offering me the food that they make. I taste this rib. He uses hot honey and wild cherry Pepsi to flavor it. Wow. Frank, it was one of the greatest homemade ribs I've ever had, and I'm not just saying that. Wow. Some guy took crew brew and made Ancrew stew, and it was just fucking delicious. It had meat and vegetables, and it was the beer was the base of it, and it was freezing. So this, you know, this stew it like warmed up your body, like you ate it and you felt all tingly. Yeah. Someone brought someone brought a ginormous sub that like served like twenty people, and it was the John Sub Marino, yeah.
1: and
0: it it was just it like I, just everything about that day. Everyone was so kind. The Flyers fans that came up were like undeniably nice for some reason it was just it was truly awesome that was gonna be
1: my next question any good eats yeah
0: oh yeah the and crew stew the john submarino um obviously the the ribs in the arena no i didn't didn't i I didn't eat anything in the arena
1: what Um, about like other places you went to around there anything good oh
0: i had taylor ham four times
1: oh i saw that
0: and you know the debate between whether or not it's pork roll or taylor ham i don't care Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. I'm from Illinois. I really am not part of that debate. I'll call it whatever you want me to call it for you to give it to me. Um, That's my – I honestly think that's my favorite thing I ate. Is it a ham? (sighs) This is going to sound crazy. And you'll understand what I mean if you ever go to New Jersey and try it, which I assume you probably will at some point. Probably. Um, If you're in New York even, if you go to New York, like cross over the border and find Taylor Ham. It won't take you that long. Um, it's like a mix of bologna, ham, bacon. Like it's, there's just really no way to do it. It's Taylor ham. It's like asking what steak.
1: Is it like spam? No. Eh.
0: Yeah. made it no. look
1: like bologna.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was like a sack of it. Like when you make it homemade, you like slice it. Yeah. Um, and then cook it. Liver um, sausage? Kind of like liver no, sausage? No, no. It's not like liver sausage at all. I think. I think 90% of humans will like it. Like, maybe more. 99% of humans would like Taylor Ham. Like, if you eat meat. But, like, liver sausage, I would say less than 50%. Like, liver sausage, I understand it has, like, a mystique taste I love liver sausage. Oh, so do I. So do I. But there are tons of people who don't. Oh, we're the minority. Yeah. There's nothing not to like about Taylor Ham is basically what I'm trying to say. Like, I know for a fact you would like it. Um, and you put it on a bagel with egg and cheese, and it's just the most delicious thing. It technically is a breakfast thing, but like it's also not. Like it can be eaten at any point in time.
1: Many meats I don't like.
0: Yeah. Frank, I honestly think you would love it as much as me.
1: Now, do you and put it on a sandwich or how do you eat it?
0: The best way to eat it is with a bagel, cheese, and eggs. A bagel? I
1: yeah. wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Is it 100%. like a schmear or is it like a no. thick
0: piece of meat? It's like a piece of meat.
1: So like a sandwich then? I'd have like yeah. a sandwich bagel. Yeah.
0: Think of like okay. when you go to McDonald's and you get like a sausage, yeah. egg, and
1: cheese. Yeah. On a bagel, like, I would do it. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: I don't know if you like an everything bagel. I do. But everything bagel is like the traditional way to get a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. Good. Um, I had it on an everything bagel. I tried it on an Asiago bagel. And then I also had one on a plain bagel while I was there. And then there was one time where I just had it, no bagel with scrambled eggs on the side that sounds delightful. um it Frank it was just freaking amazing uh scope
1: says it's like Polish smoke but that's a that's actually like a good way to describe it. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever had that doesn't it, sound familiar
0: it Frank I I just know for a fact you would like it like it I is just-
1: it. it sounds delightful. <laughs>
0: It is so good, and th- New Jersey's not shy about putting their cheese on breakfast sandwiches. Okay, so you like can put
1: I, cheese on it. You do That's put. cheese It's not weird. It. Okay. No,
0: you like you do put. just like if
1: you put cheese on, on like liver sauce, it's just a little weird. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, you put cheese. It, okay. it's, it's not. It definitely enhances the flavor of the Taylor so ham. It's a to normal have
1: egg. meat that you yes. can just have a sandwich yes. with cheese.
0: Yes. Think of it okay. like a lunch meat almost, yeah, like a thicker yeah. lunch meat. Okay.
1: It it is just. I've got a good idea of what it is.
0: Oh my God. It and it has like similar texture to like fried bologna. Have you ever had fried bologna?
1: No, but it sounds that sounds great too. Cause I yeah. love bologna.
0: Bologna, when you fry it on a frying pan, is very good. Like, you know, fried bologna sandwich, fried bologna. I've had fried ham. Same concept, just Taylor Ham's a lot thicker. Um, it is that's that's my favorite food I had there. I did eat some New Jersey pizza, it's unreal. Um, what I had tacos. I I went to a Miller's, which exists in Illinois.
1: Mill, I love Miller's. Miller's is real good. Oh, I had their. God. I've ever
0: had their wings. I know you're not a bone-in wing guy, but they no. have really good wings.
1: Their bar- burgers, like you bite through them like butter.
0: Yes, I ate a Q burger. So good. I had the Q burger. I was actually, it, they could rebrand it to the Frankie Mueller burger, and it would make <laughs> sense. It had barbecue <laughs> sauce. Uh, white cheddar cheese. I think oh mozzarella God. cheese. It was just—it was a white cheese for sure. It had bacon. That's me. It literally was afraid. I literally thought of you while I was chomping really? through. It. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I ate that—that's where I went with Sam Wu. On the there was the it was two days ago. So uh, Monday night, um, it was just everything about the trip was awesome. I went to Wawa four times. Wawa, I heard is good.
1: I it's sure like. You know
0: it's like 7 eleven with a grocery store on crack
1: and coffee, right? They're famous for their coffee. They have good sure.
0: coffee that they're famous for and they they'll make you a sub kind of kind of similar vibes to like the ECC subs, but like better quality obvious.
1: A guy I used to watch on YouTube was this big Wawa guy. He would always go there get coffee, get yeah. snacks. yeah their
0: their pop machine is my one of my favorite pop machines I've ever had a coke from. How come? It just, the way the Coke tastes, it was like extra sweet and the fizz was nice. I like the cups that they use. The cup does matter. The cup, it like, foam I don't know plastic.
1: why. Uh, plastic. Yeah, you got, to me, foam cups not as good.
0: Yeah, they're not as good. There's one place that, a Polar Pop in a foam cup. though. That's the best version of a foam cup mm-hmm. you'll get. Um, But I agree in general, I would rather a plastic cup, even yeah. though they're terrible for the environment. But if we're recycling and doing our business the right way, it's not that big of a problem. Um, but I, I, I just, I love Wawa. I loved going there. One of my Taylor hams was from Wawa. That was probably my least favorite of all the Taylor hams. Cause you know, there was kind of like a grab and go type, but it was still yeah. delicious. It was still delicious. It's better than any breakfast sandwich I would get in Illinois. I honestly think if I lived in New Jersey, I would
1: have Taylor ham at least once. Now, in. Can we not get Taylor ham here? No. Why?
0: it's just only in new jersey. and That's stupid. We got to
1: branch out.
0: I don't even think it's in Philly. There's Wawa in Philly, but I don't think there's any Taylor ham. That's I don't crazy. know why it doesn't come anywhere.
1: Let's start to branch out. Like, I don't know. I doing? think
0: if there was like a new jersey Taylor ham shop in Chicago and it's possible,
1: right? And it
0: like, I guess like Italian guess beef it up. Let's made go. its way Italian beef made its way around the country. That's what I'm saying. But, Frank, it is weird to be like, no, I can't get an Italian beef while I'm in New Jersey. It just doesn't exist anywhere. It doesn't? Like, No. Oh, no, that's very much an Illinois thing. I think there's a Portillo. There's one Portillo's in California or two, and there's one or two in Florida, and I think there's one in Arizona. Outside of that, you're not getting Italian beef anywhere in the world other than Illinois. You can't even get it in Wisconsin That's when I'm, like, up there at Christmas Mountain and stuff. But Taylor Ham, it, it is just absolutely unreal. That's definitely... My favorite thing that I ate while I was there, but and you know what? That homemade rib that the guy grilled with the wild was cherry poppy. No, it was hot not spicy. Honey, it was not spicy at all. Had zero spice. Oh, was it spicy
1: to Katie? No. Okay, then it's she not ate.
0: Spicy. She ate three pieces of it, but. Okay you are forever a loser compared to Katie in terms of hot sauce because she completed the hot ones challenge that's crazy she ate the bomb and didn't quit
1: but was she like was she happy though or was she miserable by the end oh everyone like she was. doesn't because I I feel like she doesn't like hot sauce so she'll no, do it, no, she no she likes happy. the taste
0: of it but the heat she can't handle well okay um Frank the last sauce is the Second hottest thing I ever had.
1: See, like, I don't want to do that to myself.
0: I think I'm getting close to retiring.
1: <laughs> that bad, huh? You ever have, you've seen the Barbie movie? It, no.
0: You haven't seen the Barbie movie. Okay, no. I was going to bring up a reference that would have helped you understand what I was thinking. But I had an intrusive thought while eating DeBom, And Debom was only 8 out of 10 these days. In previous seasons, DeBom was number 10. They have since added two extra hot sauces that are hotter. De bomb. No, I did. Yeah. I was eating the bomb. And I thought to myself, why does this have to be your party trick that you can eat stuff this hot? It sucks. And it's getting harder and harder the older you get. You don't have to be that guy anymore. I remember Harry showed up to your house one time, our cousin, and he had those habanero ghost peppers or whatever mm-hmm. that he grew in his backyard. And everyone was like, no, no, no. They, nobody took one. And then here's me. I took two. Instead of just having one, which is still a jackass move to even one, I ate two, and my mouth was crying, and it sucked, and I had a headache, and I'm like, I think I'm getting close to retiring. I won't stop eating hot stuff, like, when it's there, like, when it's the meal, like, I'll still go to timeout, Um, probably go to timeout this Friday. I miss it. Um, But, like, other things, you don't need to be that guy anymore. And I honestly think I'm getting close to retiring from being the hot sauce guy. Interesting. Uh, my, my, there's a lot of miles on this tongue, Frank. There's a lot of taste. I've tasted just about every hot thing that's ever it's been put in front off. of me. I'm worried about that. I'm worried. My taste buds have already. My taste buds have changed more in the last two years than any ten-year period Your in my tongue's
1: going to be like sandpaper. It's just going to be numb. Just I, I no need flavor. to chill.
0: I need Blam. to chill. I think. I'm going to take a little bit of a step back for a while. Maybe I'll get back in the game at some point, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not retired, but when I was eating to I was like, like, you, you don't enjoy this anymore. It used to be a thing you like to do. Um, like we used to do the hot sauce challenge with call of duty. You play a game of free for all. And every time you die, you take a shot at Tabasco. That's And I had the best game of my life. I went 30 and six. But take six shots of Tabasco. Even that's a great game of cod. But like six shots of Tabasco, yeah. your mouth is on freaking fire. Yeah. Oh my god! It. I. Don't, I don't just don't need to be that guy anymore. I think. I think those days are over.
1: There's I just... ordered.
0: I ordered mild wings from Miller's, and I loved eating a buffalo wing that didn't my burn my face off.
1: It's good. Get yeah. some barbecue. Get I some like barbecue. barbecue.
0: I like barbecue.
1: There's this place by G's house called Bagels by the Books. Ooh. And um, it's it's like the new bagel place to go to because the Einstein place that they get bagels from for like Door County, they shut down. They're closed mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Permanently. And they have a hot Cheeto bagel there. And I haven't tried it yet. But Ooh. it's it sounds, it's very unique. So when you said spicy, I'm like, it's probably not going to be that spicy because hot Cheetos really aren't that spicy as it is. But... If you ever get the chance, you might want to try it. I know it's not hot, but you still enjoy hot stuff. And
0: it's probably one of the hottest chips on the market. A hot Cheeto, 100 percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. They they like the spiciest Dorito probably isn't as hot as oh the Flamin' Hot Doritos probably equal.
1: Yeah, the spicy Nacho Doritos aren't as hot They're as like, a hot
0: Cheeto. No, not at all. Not even close.
1: But. Jalapeno Crunchers are very hot. I like Jalapeno Crunchers. The Crunchers oh, yeah. brand. Yeah. Because they have like Lay's Crunchers. or sure. Whatever. These Crunchers. Miss Vicky's or whatever. No, but the Jalapeno Cruncher brand. Those are pretty up there too. I love those.
0: Yes. Very, very good. Well, that was the trip to New Jersey. It was absolutely unbelievable. Well, I'm glad you had a
1: good time, VP. I'm happy for you. So,
0: Thank you. I can't wait to go back. Uh, next time I go back, I want a lot of people to join me. I told I told my mom yesterday I don't want a thirtieth surprise party. Keep that shit. Don't <laughs> freaking do. I don't want it. I want. I would love for you and G and you know her parents to come to New Jersey and watch me do a show in person. That would be better. You know, a, the flight two way was like 150 bucks. Like, like it's, not, like it's I, not like I that, that long of
1: a flight either.
0: No, it was it was an hour forty there and like two thirty back.
1: That's yeah, nothing.
0: Yeah, nothing. I didn't know flights flights west take longer than flights east yeah they do I did not There's know like that.
1: wind and
0: yeah you're like you're driving or you're flying with the jet stream when you go east
1: when we went to Vegas it was like four hours
0: yeah when you came back it was probably like yeah. right? 3 15 right three20 yeah yeah um I did not know that but yeah I kind of yeah. like I kind of like it taking longer to get there though because you're still in that excited vacation mm-hmm. mode Absolutely. Uh, I'd rather it be shorter on the way back where when you go east to New Jersey, which is fine. It was fine. I, both of my flights were fine. I like United. It was a good time. Um, Frank, one day later, while I was doing the Hot Ones Challenge, actually, I did both of these things simultaneously. I watched the New York Islanders take on the New York Rangers. What were your takeaways from the game?
1: The Rangers absolutely stunned. The New York Islanders, 6-5 in overtime. I actually shut the game off when it was 5-3 because I wanted to watch something else, and I was getting kind of bored. I'm like, all right, the Islanders are going to clamp down. I checked 15 minutes later. They're in overtime. I put it on, and it's they're reviewing the goal for Panarin. Like, ha- everything happened so quick. 5-3 to three with less than five minutes to go in the third period. Islanders completely collapsed. Took two penalties late in the last five minutes of the game. Rangers took advantage of both of them and wasted no time in capitalizing winning the game, 10 seconds in, in overtime by a Panarin goal. Penalties and lack of discipline is what cost the Islanders ultimately for this game. When you have a 5-3 to three lead with less than five minutes to go in the game, VP, you shouldn't be putting yourself in a position where you're going to hook anyone your stick shouldn't even get up that high you should be playing a passive type of game now you don't want to play not to lose and you don't want to play that passively where you just change your whole gameplay up completely you want to stick to the same gameplay that you've been using but you shouldn't be playing ultra aggressive either the coach should say all right sticks low don't worry like a <laughs> hooking penalty that late in the game it just blasphemy to me because you're just playing too aggressive at that point in my opinion and Both Sorokin and Shosturkin stunk in this game. There were 79 shots on goal. The defense kind of stunk. There was a lot of offense and action, which made it very interesting and exciting uh, stadium series game. Both games were high scoring. The Devils Flyers and the Rangers Islanders, both games, high scoring, fun to watch. Hard to believe that this meeting between the Islanders and the Rangers was the first meeting of the season. I was stunned to find that out because they still have three more games to play this regular season. And these are big rivals and that was the first and what a great first game to play between these two rivals. Um I know the Islanders can't wait for the next meeting on March 17th so they could try and get a bit of revenge but all in all another exciting another exciting stadium series. Both were both were a treat.
0: They were. They were both a treat. I I I was rooting for the Rangers because they're going to wow. win the division. I I I don't wow. like the Rangers. I was you rooting for them, them though because the Islanders can't get points. Like, you know, I'm more on the Devils making the playoffs at this point than caring what the Rangers now. do. I know, I know, but you know, Better going into two. the game, yeah, when I going into the game, I wanted the Rangers to win, not because I didn't want the Rangers to win, I wanted the Islanders to lose. Um, but you know, bo, you know, both teams got a point out of the game. I guess that that was a good takeaway. The Islanders blow a lot of leads, though. Do you know of the there are 11 teams in the NHL this season so far that have not trailed for a thousand minutes.
1: I never really thought of a stat like that. Like, is okay. that a lot or no? Uh,
0: like I think the Bruins are lead the league in least amount of time trailing with like 680 minutes. Or I maybe.
1: don't even know what would be a good number. Okay. To okay. But the
0: 11 teams that haven't trailed for a thousand points, 10 of them are in a playoff spot the others the New York Islanders who love blowing third period leads they lead a lot of games and then blow it they have 14 otls That's they have bad. 14 loser points they stink they're like well under 500 if you combine they're the short. lose yeah they choke a lot and frank not only they, they weren't the 11th team either they were like fourth wow and they they lead most of the games they play and then they choke give up a goal lose in overtime um you know, and that's kept them in the playoff race. Like if you combined if you combine losses and overtime losses, the Devils would be 28 and 27.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Islanders would be 23 and 32. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: That's that's insane.
0: The Islanders, if the Islanders single-handedly get the league to get rid of the loser point, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't be mad if they did kind of like what the NBA does—a win in overtime is a win in the regular. They should be twenty-three and thirty-two, like that's My favorite's
0: the Olympics or World Series. Yeah, Juniors. you like
1: the three-two-one. Yeah, I know you three, like the 3-2-1. because I think in a three-two-one system.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind either. In a three-two-one system, the Devils would have significantly more points than the Islanders instead of
1: being tied with sixty. I, I get it. It makes sense. You should be rewarded more for being a team in regulation. But at the end of the day, a win's a win, right? Like you yeah. won the game.
0: Yep. Baseball. Like a win in overtime in the, the playoffs
1: is still a win in the series. It's like why are we why are we trying to yep. penalize them for winning the game? Like.
0: Yep. In baseball, if you get a win with the silly ghost runner rule, it's the same thing as if you won right. ten to zero. Yeah. So
1: why are we trying to do that in hockey? That's why I wouldn't be. I'm fine either way.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I agree. I also miss one through eight. I
1: miss that a ton. I'll say it proudly. Like, I I like
0: the first round matchups are great. Uh, I love seeing, you know, this year we're probably going to get Vegas versus Edmonton in the first round, right? Like, that's almost a foregone conclusion. Like, I, I love that, you know, but like, I'd rather it in the conference finals. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, you, like, you're like you not guaranteed the, the Canes have been swept in two straight conference finals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh, give me the Bruins versus the Leafs in the conference finals or give me Florida versus the Bruins in the conference finals. It can't happen because they're both in the same division. Right. Um, But, you know, Frank, the stadium series was a complete success. It was one of my favorite sporting memories of all time. And Very nice. frankly, I'll never forget it.
1: Glad I will to hear. never
0: forget it. All right, let's expand to the rest of the NHL that didn't participate in the stadium series at period number three. Break. Normally, we do football in the third period, but we did it in the first because we missed last week. That was kind of my logic behind it. Um, so we'll, we'll treat the period three in this episode similar to how we do the NFL period where we'll go over the rest of the NHL stories, but on the back end, we'll go over a couple non-sports related things like we always do. Um, we'll start off with the man, the myth, the legend. Sidney Crosby just continues to be one of the f- five or six best players in the NHL despite being 36 years old. Um, He's on pace for one of his best goal-scoring seasons of his career and amongst the best point-scoring seasons of his entire career. Frank, I told you early on I'm rooting for Sidney Crosby to have 700 goals, 1,300 assists for 2,000 points. I think it's very attainable for him to be the league's all-time second-leading scorer. Um, I don't know how long that record will last if McDavid keeps doing what he's doing, but I I honestly think being the league's second-leading scorer and having 2,000 points is a real possibility, especially if he keeps up with his current pace that he's on right now in his mid 30s what are your thoughts on sid who scored his 29th and 30th goals of the season against your blackhawks a couple nights ago
1: and then the next night he scored against the kings so he had three goals in two games up to 31 goals on the year 55 points in 53 games i mean he's been killing it the only thing is it appears like my prediction of the penguins stinking this year is going to come true i mean this team is just too dang slow they need youth on this team They went out and got Eric Carlson, which didn't make sense to me when it happened. I get why a lot of people liked it and thought it was going to make the team better, but I I never saw it that way. And right now the Penguins sit seventh in the Metropolitan Division with the Blue Jackets being the only team worse than them. And Crosby having a tremendous season at age 36, and the Penguins are wasting him right now. He's not a spring chicken. He's at the end of his career, and it'll be here sooner rather than later. I mean, you can't waste these years, and since there's a very high chance that they're going to miss the postseason this year, it's going to be ex- interesting to see what the Penguins do this offseason to try and fix their sluggish problems. Are they going to make a big move? I don't think you run it back with this same team next year, because if Crosby's doing what he's doing now, and if he's going to do this maybe next year or the year after potentially, I don't think you want to waste what he's doing right now at these eight, at these late stages of his career. I think there's going to be some big changes that happen this offseason for the Penguins. Okay.
0: Could you see a world where the Penguins trade Sidney Crosby before March
1: 8th? No, I do not see. I'm not saying he's going to end his career with the Penguins. I don't think that they trade him, though, this year.
0: I would love to see that. I love the Pittsburgh Penguins, self-admittedly. They're one of my five or six favorite teams in the league. And it's because of Crosby. And I'll, you know, when he leaves, I just won't say F the Penguins. Yeah. I didn't say F the wild, you know, I, I don't do that, but like my favorite teams that are not the devils and not the Bruins and not the Blackhawks, they do kind of rotate for very, like the devils are the devils. The Bruins are Joey's team. I always root for them. I'm from Chicago. I'll always root for them. The other teams rotate right now. I, I'm loving the Leafs because I love Austin Matthews. Um, I'm enjoying the Canucks because of Quinn. Um, you know, I, I like watching the Avalanche right now because of Zach Parisey. That is very short term. Um, but like the Oilers, the Oilers are probably the closest to being not just because of one player, but because of many. Uh, I love the Oilers. I really don't miss an Oilers game right now. I'm all the way back in on my Oilers. <laughs> uh, I'm Bandwagon, you can throw the bandwagon label. It's all accurate. Uh, that I'm well aware of. I like the Jackets right now. Uh, the, what they're doing sucks. But like I, I want to go to the stadium series next year, which we'll get on to. Um, But with the Penguins, with Crosby, man, can you
1: imagine if they traded him to the Bees? Here's the problem with that. Remember before the season, there were speculation. What's going to go on with Crosby, Malkin, Letang? Are they going to split the core up? They decided to come back as a trio, as that core. So if they trade Crosby, they're kind of going against what they kind of agreed upon preseason of coming back, trying to build the point. I I don't think I see Crosby doing something like that. If it happens, it would happen on his terms in the offseason.
0: Could you see agendas changing based on performance, though?
1: I cannot. Not in this situation. Not with Not with a player of Crosby's caliber. I don't see him being that guy. Bruins, though? I don't think there's No, I'm not people.
0: saying that you think it will happen. Just put yourself in a position where it did.
1: That'd be crazy.
0: But, like, good fit, though, eh?
1: Yeah, it would be a good fit.
0: I, I don't know if I could think of a better they fit.
1: They could use some center depth. Yes, so,
0: and like chance for him to add that fourth cup. yeah, oh my God, If Crosby went to the Bruins, I think I would legitimately cry.
1: I just don't think there's really a I think it's something you' kind of dream upon instead of something that's actually gonna come true because, like you you had all this media talking about what's gonna happen with the three big Titans on the Penguins, and then they all come back and then, he just leaves. It would. I think it would rub Malkin the wrong way, and I think it would rub Latang the wrong way. It's just something you don't really do. It's. I think the Penguins need to shut things down. Honestly, I think. Um, I don't think that it's possible to win another Stanley Cup with this current core. They're too. I slim. agree.
0: I would like to go see Crosby, Malkin, or Latang move on to be like depth pieces yeah. on other teams. Crosby would still be a little more than a depth piece. Malkin probably would a little bit too. Like if Malkin went to the Devils, he'd he'd be their third line center, but like he'd be part of like he'd be a veteran that's part of the short term core
1: mm-hmm. for sure. And, and it's tough to do. I had to do it with the Hawks, getting rid of Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook and everybody. We lost everybody. Yeah, it's like it's not easy it to do, but they're so slow, dude. And they this are. Is what slow. I was worried about because like everybody on the team's old and ancient, except like a few guys. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's time to shut things down and. I don't think their careers are coming to an end by any means. No, I do. Malcolm think,
0: still, Malcolm was awesome yesterday, especially.
1: I don't think Crosby's going to end his career on the Penguins. I just no. don't think this year is the year he leaves.
0: I got two two teams that I think he it. I he either goes to Boston, I could see Colorado too.
1: I swear to God, I was going to say Colorado. That yeah, was the other fit there. That's a team in my head that is sticking out that I could see him on the Avalanche at some point. That's yeah. so weird you said that. I was well, literally just about to say that.
0: Yeah. Well, two players in the NHL grew up like within a couple of miles of Sid, Brad Marchand and Nathan McKinnon. And like, he'd be the number two center on, um, Colorado, but he'd be the number one center in Boston, but he would have better wingers to play with in Boston. I, I just think, I think cause Ranton is not splitting up from the Nate dog. Um, but I, I don't know. I think one of those two teams could he could I see him going to, you know, Edmonton and being a second line or third line center there. Yeah, I could see him if, if he's truly cup chasing, at the end of his career, then yeah, one of those Canadian teams. Um, but or or like let's say the Habs become like the next Devils. I know the Devils are struggling a little bit this year with their goaltending, but like overall, we think the future of the Devils is very bright. Let's say the Habs become that. Could Crosby go play for the team he grew up cheering for? Yeah, I could see that too. But I think that would be that would need to be situationally correct for him at the time of his decision. If it were right now, it'd be no. But if it were two years from now, maybe. I think Montreal is building something nice. So, and we'll see what happens in the draft lottery. But man, Sidney Crosby—he's just been unreal this year. It's been fun to watch. Uh, They played the Islanders yesterday and lost. Um. (laughs) <laughs> and it really shows how slow they are when you watch them play the it's Islanders because so the Islanders are slow too. But, you know, one's a turtle, one's a snail. Which one's the, faster? I
1: think the Penguins are the oldest team in the league, though. Yeah, they are. They're like,
0: they yeah. are. Uh, Jake Gensel's gone, though. I think he's traded by March 8th. I really do.
1: I think this team's going to be a lot different come next year. Yes.
0: Yes. And you know what? Start building up prospects. Build that next great Penguins team. It's a good organization. Mm-hmm. It is an organization that has been committed to winning since 1990. Mm-hmm. And they really have done a lot of winning. They also, they show commitment to winning by stinking at times. They didn't get Mario Lemieux without some bad years. They didn't get Yager fifth overall without some bad years. Right. They, didn't, they didn't get Marc-Andre Fleury first overall without some bad years. They didn't get Evgeny Malkin second overall without bad years. Crosby first overall. I feel like I'm forgetting a big one. Latang was in the second round. Uh, they they got Ryan Whitney fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Traded them for Kunitz. You know they were bad from like 2000 to 2007 ish, and they really rebuilt it the right way. That's coming up soon. I do think it is. And if they get a couple cups every decade or every other decade, they'll be okay with the way they run their business. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see them honor Yager?
1: Uh, I didn't watch the ceremony. No, the ceremony was cool.
0: Yager was Yager. The warmups though. They all wore the throwback that jerseys, that. Yeah. all throwback Yager jerseys, and they all wore mullets during warm Oh,
1: I didn't see the mullets. They yeah. wore mullets? I it saw the really jerseys funny. that they were wearing The
0: Yeah, really funny that they were all wearing mullets while skating around doing their warmies. Uh, Yarmir Yager is one of the best players ever. They retired his famous yep. number 68. Very excited to see that. Yager did play for the Devils for a couple years, mm-hmm. and he he made – some bad devil seasons, very enjoyable for someone like me who's not missing a game, no matter how bad they are. Um love yager. Love Yager. Um Frank Connor Bedard is back. And not only is he back, he somehow looks more productive than he was before yeah. his injury. It's, it's almost like it's almost like this helped him take another step, which <laughs> is unbelievable to think about because he was one of it's, the best offensive rookies I ever seen before the injury.
1: It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, like sure is. in three games, he's got two goals and four assists. He's two point per game in his last three games. I think the this performance coming off longer than a month break, just improved him and just proved that he's like, hands down going to win best rookie and rookie oh, of yeah. the year. Like it's a, to me, it's a guarantee. His only
0: other competition are defensemen.
1: And yeah, they're but, not going to
0: catch him in points. so and like not only
1: that, but it's like he's done it in so many less games. Mm-hmm. He's missed like 14 or 15, right, like 14 or 15 games. Like last game against the Hurricanes, he only had one shot on goal, and it was a goal.
0: And yeah. he had his third offside wave off of the season. Too. I know.
1: It's like they're against it's them. So they're annoying. Just like, <laughs> they're, that's the thing, though. They're so
0: not against them. Like, they want him to score a billion goals this league. I, I Like, I know for a fact they cater to him. Mm-hmm. The highest game – well, the ratings for the stadium series haven't come out yet, but the highest-rated game of the NHL season so far was Bedard's NHL debut. They want him scoring goals, but freaking three crazy. waved off.
1: And he had a couple assists, which is good. He's playmaking, that means, oh, yeah. and doing that on this team's hard to do because there's not a lot of scores. So when you're playmaking with this team – it's going to be crazy to see like what he produces when the Hawks are good. Like he's such a lethal, a lethal player as it is, but he's going to be so much more lethal as they continue to build around him. I mean, they're the worst team in the NHL right now. And in this break, it only made him more hungry. And you know what I loved when he got injured with his jaw, he wanted to get back on the ice so bad. He wants to help this team win. I love seeing that out of a generational type of player. Like to me, that is great to see. I can't wait till he's the captain because I'm already seeing tremendous leadership leadership skills out of him. I think with Felino on the team helping that's gonna help him a lot too. Um, I think that's a great developmental piece to have on the Blackhawks. Like it's great to see him back out there on the ice and it just makes games more exciting. Watching like this team being so bad just makes them more exciting with ninety eight out there on the ice.
0: I agree. It's going to be so fun to see him progress throughout his career. I'm truly looking forward to watching him play so much. Um, he is, he's the real deal. And yeah, I do think he's going to win the Calder trophy. Easy. Um, Easy. He's he, making plays is a big stretch for me because we all knew he was going to come in and score goals. You know, we talk about this with other players, like shots translate, like you could beat goalies. But, like, how well are you going to make your linemates? How good of an overall player are you going to be? We're seeing that from Connor Bedard. That pass he made to Khrushchev in his oh first God. game back against the Penguins, oddly enough, was just, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. I loved watching it. Um, He's the real deal. And you know what, Frank? The Blackhawks, they are executing a tank season with Bedard. Like, a develop your superstar but tank season better than any team I think I've ever seen.
1: It's they, they, He plays amazing and they lose. <laughs> he I I was talking about this today. I think he will get 30 goals this year. He's at 17 and there's 26 games left, meaning he needs one every other game. Yeah. I think he gets it. I think I, he gets 30. I do too. One every other? He might yeah. have a two-piece somewhere.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: I think he gets 30 goals this year.
0: Yeah, and like he would
1: have shattered it if he didn't get injured.
0: Yes. 100%. Like the lowest he'll get if he stays healthy the rest of the year is like 27, 28, yeah. 29, like that type of year. I'd love to see him get 30 so we can add that 30 goal season to his resume so that at the end of his career, when we're counting up how many times he scored 30, we can include this year. It would be yeah. nice. Um, I, I'm really excited about Connor Bedard. I'm really excited about them having top three odds to win the draft lottery again. Could be top one odds. I think to win they're the going to they
1: top two. They're yeah, nine I'm, points behind in the San Ducks. Jose, yeah They're not going to catch the Ducks.
0: No, I don't think so. I I, think they're they're bad. They suck. There's no doubt. Um, how do you nine. feel about Lucas Reichel going down?
1: I'm so happy. He needs it. He needs it, man. He's been so underwhelming that I don't think there's a player in the NHL who needs to be in the AHL more right now and continue <laughs> developing. I, I'm not giving up on Lucas Reichel by any means. I still have high hopes for him. We've seen... Little flashes here and there, maybe not as much as you know we were hoping for, because I, I kind of had a lot of more hope for Lucas Reichel this year. I thought he'd be pretty productive. He's been pretty sour, pretty underwhelming. But I think he needs this more than anything right now. I think this is so good for him and his game. I really do. I,
0: I think that's fair. I'm not convinced he's a top six guy. Uh, the, if I say he who must not be named in a reference to a player that used to play for the Devils, do you know who I'm talking about? Like, he played for them this season,
1: mm. and I just
0: don't feel like saying his name because he's a horrible human being. I don't think so. Okay. Well, before we knew that Michael McLeod was a complete okay. scumbag, yeah. he ter- he kind of was like down the same trajectory hockey-wise as Lucas Reichel. He was a bust, 11th overall pick, a terrible pick. We could have had this guy. We could have had that guy. Um and then he, like, carved out a role for himself in the bottom six where he, like, became one of the best at it in the NHL. Right. Leading the league in face-off percentage. 10, 15, 20 goals a season. Um, I think that could be Lucas Reichel still. I do. Do I think he's going to be Connor Bedard's winger scoring 50? No, I really I, – I just don't see it anymore. But, like, can he carve himself out a role as a productive bottom six forward on a good NHL team? Yes, I could absolutely see that happen. They have Oliver Moore coming. And they have Frank Nazar coming. I
1: cannot wait for all of them. And more. you don't know what's going to no happen idea. with the
0: draft lottery. Is it going to be Macklin Celebrini? Is it going to be Cole Iserman? These guys—they're all—they're passing up Lucas Reichel by on the overall depth chart, and that's okay. Like that doesn't mean he's going to be a not an NHL player. Um, I, I just think you got to figure out a way to continue his development because it hasn't been going well so far this season. Do you like the AHL move? Yes. It probably should have happened three months ago.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: Um, Because I think people would be, let, you know, they wouldn't be as convinced as I am right now that he's not a top six forward. I just, but like, that's okay. Like that's not me saying he's a bust or anything like a bust is somebody who never makes it and they stink their whole career.
1: I do think he'll have a role on this team, even if yes. it is bottom six. Like yes. for sure. you need guy. like I, his potential is there to have a role on this team. Yes. I and think, I think it, it will happen.
0: I do too. Uh, third line center. Fourth line center, win faceoffs, kill penalties, contribute clutch goals here and there. Yeah, I think that's possible. The skill is there. Uh-huh. Um and you know, I saw Chief say I'm not sure he has the ability to be a bottom six player. Well, that's up to Reichel. Because so far you're not a top six guy. So go back. Figure out a way to be a bottom six guy. Learn how to win faceoffs and win board battles and kill penalties. Make yourself a bottoms. Carve out a role in the NHL if you can't do the one. All these guys were scoring champions in junior. Like, you know, think of the worst. Po- John Scott, Paul Bissonette, all these goons. Ryan Reeves. They yep. were all scoring champions in the WHL, the QMJHL, the OHL, college hockey. They were all superstars there. Think about like Matthew Nyes in Toronto or Alexander Kerfoot. These guys were Hobie Baker caliber players in college. When you realize that you're not going to be that guy in the NHL, carve out a role for yourself. Kerfoot is an NHL player. Um, You know, Matthew Nyes is an NHL player. Matthew Nyes might be a little bit better than some of these other guys. He's scoring goals a little bit higher pace. But you get what I'm saying. Find a role for yourself in the NHL. Um, So you could stick around. And that's what Lucas Reichel has to learn in the AHL right now.
1: 100%.
0: Frank, I know you're not looking forward to this conversation. Uh, There's not a conversation to be had. In In the first 45 games of the season, Alexander Ovechkin had eight goals. He had a little bit of an injury trouble, a little bit of inconsistency. And in the last eight games, Alexander Ovechkin has eight goals. He's got 16 on the season. He's the hottest goal scorer in the league over the last month um he is 56 goals away from tying the great one in terms of all-time goals 57
1: away from breaking it what are your thoughts on the great Eight's play as of late he's been great lately but now that he's on a little bit of a hot streak he could go back to not scoring for a bit and the days of ovechkin getting 40 i think are done i don't think he will ever get another 40 goal uh 40 goal season in his career like According to you, VP, shouldn't he have like 30 by now? No.
0: I said he could get 20 the rest of his contract and break the and break the record. That's exactly what's gonna happen. What do you mean? He better get 20. He's close enough, Frank, where you can like admit that he's probably not gonna quit till he's got it. Like he'll I come mean,
1: I wouldn't quit until I got it. No, me either. He's thirty
0: he's also not 40, he's 38. So, like, let's say he finished. What do you think he's going to finish this season
1: with? 25? Maybe, yeah, 25. He's only five behind the team lead. Um, oh, I know. it's That's kind of bad, though. But well, the, the, Capitals the Capitals aren't.
0: Yeah, they aren't that good. I also, I don't love his situation. I would love to see, like. Them lose every game the rest of the season and get Celebrini to feed Ovechkin. Just feed Ovechkin, Macklin. We'll win you a couple later in your career. Feed Ovechkin. Listen,
1: relax. We need him on the Hawks. All right. So. Fair.
0: Fair. Fair. But like, I I would sign him a center in the off season. Evgeny Kuznetsov is on the downward. Backstrom hasn't been there since the beginning of the season. Um, I could see another thirty bomber in his career. Because the first, there's no way, like the first half of the season, the first 45 games, that he's closer to being the guy in the last eight games than the first 45. I do believe that. He <sighs> he still shoots the puck really well. Shots don't age. We've talked about that. We talked about Yager. Yager mm-hmm. scored 27 goals at 42 years old with the Devils. I could absolutely see. I'm not saying every year is going to be like that. I could see Ovechkin having 17 goals next season. Twenty-five the year after, twenty the year after that, fifteen the year after that—that's the record right there. Like, he, he's getting close. He's in the fifties now.
1: Um, I don't. It, do you think he breaks it next year? Wasn't that your prediction? Next no,
0: year? I said either late next season or early the following season was my original synopsis. Do you Did you think
1: next season? I'm
0: kind of veering away from late next season because what if he gets. Let's say he ends this season with 25. That would mean he scored nine more goals, which would mean he needs 48 more. Yeah. And yeah, no, he's not getting it next year. No. (laughs) But the year after March of 2025, no March of 2026. And then if he doesn't get it there, then he's probably going to have to push into age 41 season and he'll probably be like 10 away or so if that maybe less. And we're talking, like, October, November, December if he's really slowed down. But, like, again, I I, I do stand by shots don't age. Mm-hmm. So if the Capitals get him, like, a good line to play on, you know, Dylan Strom has been okay. Ovechkin, for the first time in his career this season, is going to finish with more assists than goals. The line has been producing goals, but Ovechkin hasn't been the one scoring them until late.
1: Which is weird because Ovechkin's not a playmaker.
0: No, well, you know what's funny, though? You don't think of Ovechkin as a playmaker. Then you look up his career statistics, and you wonder, like, oh, how many assists do you think Alexander Ovechkin has? I don't know. Alex Ovechkin 1300? has six. No, not that much. He has six hundred and eighty-eight assists. Oh yeah, I'm th- way That's off. a lot of assists. Oh, it's not thirteen hundred. I'm not calling him Crosby. But you're calling a guy with almost seven hundred assists not a playmaker. And and like compared to his goal scoring, he's not a playmaker. But like who are some players that you would have considered playmakers in throughout their career, right? Like Crosby
1: like, is. Like he's well, both.
0: Crosby's gonna have thirteen hundred assists. He's almost got a thousand. Taves
1: was like a playmaker. Oh, yeah. You think Taves
0: is a playmaker, huh? He's a pretty good playmaker, huh?
1: Well, he's not as good as Ovechkin,
0: 511 but
1: he, assists, but he's not like he's not as good as Ovechkin, though. No, like, okay, goal scorer, and you know? that's
0: the thing. Yeah, Kane, I know.
1: Kane is a playmaker.
0: Kane Kane is a playmaker, and but also Kane is like flipped. Kane has 800 assists, he's got about right. 120 more than Ovechkin. Uh, Kane is a playmaker, right? You don't think of him with goal scoring 460 goals, he's gonna have 500 goals in his career. Like that, that is that's how you know you're good when the thing you're secondary at is still like hall of fame numbers. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Ovech- Ovechkin's true. not a playmaker. He's only got 700 assists, but like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Ovechkin Ovechkin has a couple hundred less assists than a guy like Zach Parisi has points. And Zach Parisi's is like, he's going to just fall short of the hall of fame. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like hall of very good guys have the point totals of like Ovechkin's goals or Ovechkin's assists. I hear you. It's it's remarkable. Um, I just keep scoring goals. I don't think it's going to take. You're down to like the numbers now, where like you need 56 more to tie the record. Um, if he plays till he's 45, he might go for a thousand. I mean, Gretzky's record might go in the rearview mirror, and him say, "I want to reach a thousand goals." Um, I do. I, I will say this: I don't think Ovechkin's going to hold the record for very long.
1: What do you think? Austin
0: Matthews has 348 goals. He will have his 400th by the middle of next season, and he will have only played in about 600 games. So if he plays 1,500 games and he continues scoring at this pace for about 10 more years and then tapers off in a similar way as Ovechkin, we could be talking about him being at or near that record.
1: I could see that.
0: Yeah. He's just and oh, uh, Matthews will have the benefit. He'll probably have fewer lockouts to deal with. And he probably will play in an era that has a t- tad bit more overall scoring than Ovechkin. Ovechkin never pumped. He pumped out 160 goal season, but it was 50 goal season after 50 goal yeah, season. Right. There were no 40 one-offs here and there. Like I think he had the one year with in the 30s. It was like a down year for him. Um but you know Ovechkin had something throughout his career, though, that most players don't general health.
1: Mm -hmm. That is true. He's not injured a
0: lot. 75-plus games almost his entire career. I I don't know if Matthews can do that. He mostly hasn't up to this point. Right. But this year he's been healthy. He probably – he's going to blow past 60. Uh, 70 is attainable.
1: What is he at right now?
0: 49? Um. Is he at 49? Uh, Yes, he has 49.
1: Okay, that's what I thought.
0: And 53 games. Yeah. He's on pace for 74 goals. That's crazy. So, like, if he t- keeps this gear up where he's going a hat trick every game, 80 80's not out of the question. I still think 70 hasn't been done in my lifetime. So, like, let's get to 70 first before we start talking 80 you know, maybe he'll need a hat trick in the final two games of the season and he gets close, right? Like something like that could happen. But like Stamkos having a hat trick on the last day of the season in 2012 to get 60 goals. Um, I think Perry did that to get to 50 one time too. He entered the last game of the season with 47 and then had a hat trick. I think that happened for Perry Mm -hmm. one time. Um, I think you're right. But, I mean, these guys are just unreal. I love seeing them score goals. 56 more, Ovi! It's gonna be the greatest day in Bardown talking hockey history. You're gonna Maybe. get
1: balloons, a cake, confetti.
0: Maybe, if it happens. I mean,
1: I'm still on the no train.
0: You're still on the no train, even though you know if you I were would in say the it's league, more
1: likely that Matthews does it. Health. I'm is, more on health that. is
0: my concern for him. Um, and the way
1: Ovi scores goals, just. This year scared me, like, in a good way a little bit for the no. Like, it's like, holy shit, I might be right onto to something. Well, here.
0: early on, I'm like, why the hell isn't Ovechkin scoring? And, like, like, I watched the Capitals, and I'm like, he's not getting chances. So, like, what's going on here? They're winning. The Capitals were, like, pretty good in the first mm-hmm. half. And they're still, like, on the playoff bubble. Um, we talk about both the Penguins and the Capitals like they stink. They're both within five or six points of the postseason. But like, I think
1: the, I think they're more than that now. I think it's pretty bad.
0: Uh, yeah, it's getting there. I think it's um, like eight or something. Yeah, it probably is. But, like, uh, there was a couple games, like, in December where I'm like, wow, he's pumping the puck on net. He's hitting crossbars. These are going to start going in, I think. And the last eight games, he's got eight goals. Yeah. Um, someone wants to know who's Kyle drafting at one next draft Celebrini. Uh, Macklin Salabrini is going to be the number 100%. one overall pick to whoever is the team that wins the draft lottery.
1: They're due now for a number one, because the Hawks had the second best odds and so now the best odds are due to win. Yeah. So yeah, that's what
0: Absolutely. I'm looking for. I don't know who's going to go second though. Cole Iserman could, I
1: don't think he's going to, I don't when think I, he's going to either, but I, didn't, I think I, draft I or whatever. I forgot who I had, but, or maybe I did have Iserman, too, but I said I don't think he's going to go, to.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to watch a lot of Boston University next year. And you know what I hope? I hope the Hawks get Celebrini and he goes back to school for a year.
1: See, I don't think he will. I think he's going to want to play with Pedard. Yeah,
0: I don't think he will either, but I, I, I would pick for him, too, if I could. Because, like, what do they need him for? Go get the next guy the following year. Get Bedard's cousin. Uh, what the hell's his name? Mackenzie something. Bedard's cousin. I know. He's good. He's better than Celebrini at, at age 16. That's crazy. I don't He's not as good as Bedard. But, like, if Celebrini is diet Jack Hughes and you have Bedard who resembles Austin Matthews in a lot of ways, Matthews is better defensively. I don't know if Bedard will ever get to Matthews' level defensively, but we'll see. Um... This kid is somewhere in between. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking it up. Connor Bedard cousin, Gavin McKenna, Gavin McKenna. He is, let me see. Let me see some of his stats. I know his stats are just absolutely ridiculous. So he plays for the medicine hat tigers of the WHL and he is the youngest player in the WHL in 50 games, he has 28 goals and 53 assists for 81 points. So he's probably going to blow past 100 points as a 16 year old. When he's, when he's in his draft year, it wouldn't shock me if he closes in on Bedard's WHL scoring record.
1: So he would be the number one pick you think in 26.
0: I mean, we're two years oh, out,
1: no. or twenty five next oh.
0: year. Um, let's see. No, not next year. I don't think. What's two twenty six? Okay. I don't think like anything could happen. There are Nico Heishers who enter the draft, um, predicted fifteenth, and then they have such a good year they end up going one. There was no generational talent in that draft. So like, but you know. You never know what happens with Russian players or Finnish players between Mm -hmm. now and then, but Gavin McKenna is going to be the real deal. I am very much looking forward to him. I, I, if the Hawks are still bad, that bad in 26 though, then Kyle's going to, Kyle's going to have to start answering some questions because his five-year rebuild plan started in 22. So if they're still like bottom of the barrel in 26, that's still year four, but in year four, you know, f- the five year plan doesn't mean you win the cup in five years. Mm-hmm. It means you start to become a winning team in five years. Like, this is year three we're in right now, or two. I, yeah, you can't be in the Gavin McKenna sweepstakes in two years. But if you are, maybe the Penguins will be. See, w- like, could Gavin McKenna assist on Alexander Ovechkin's record breaking goal? Like, yes. Could he ever assist on a Crosby goal?
1: You think they're going to be that bad, the Capitals?
0: I think they're down that path. Their prospect farm isn't good. Um, I'm shocked. I'm shocked they haven't done a little more to cater to Ovechkin breaking the record. You know, getting whoever you can in there to try. You know, you don't have Kuznetsov. You don't have Backstrom. Strom has been good, but he's kind of been sucking away some goals from Ovechkin this season. Um, Yeah, I could see them being pretty bad long term like it's coming.
1: It's coming eventually. I mean, yeah. every team goes through it. So They have
0: a cup to show for it, which is nice. Yeah. Um. Frank, they announced the 2025 NHL stadium series. It is what I thought was going to be the winter classic. Yeah. I heard through the grapevine that they were playing a game at Ohio stadium next year where the Ohio state Buckeyes play. And it was going to be a rendering of Michigan versus Ohio state. When the Detroit red wings take on the Columbus blue jackets, instead of being the winter classic, they made it the stadium series. Um, I don't think I'm more excited for a single NHL event as of right now, the next year's stadium series game.
1: Yep. Uh, Columbus hosts March 1st, 2025. This will be the first time the Blue Jackets will get an outdoor game VP. So I had a feeling that um, an outdoor game for the Blue Jackets were going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, I thought there was a slight chance it could have been against the Blackhawks eventually and do Fantilli versus Bedard because of how, Bigly marketed Bedard was and and all the hype there was this year, but obviously this makes more sense and it's been rumored for quite a while. I can't wait to see what the jerseys look like. Obviously, I think it's a hundred percent. They would do Ohio State Michigan themed jerseys like the rumors have been saying. I think it'd be foolish not to. I would go to the extent and say that it's like a guarantee almost. I mean, This is going to be an extremely highly marketed game as it is because you're going to get the college football fans and media involved with it as well. I have a a trivia question for you. Really impressed me. here. You impressed me earlier with Andy Reid and the Green Bay Packers. Really impressed me here, VP. There are only two teams that have not played an outdoor game yet. Who are they?
0: Of the two teams that have not played at an outdoor
1: game. 30 out of 32 teams have gotten an outdoor game. But there are two. The Blue Jackets were the three, but now they have one. So there's going to be two more.
0: I don't recall seeing the Florida Panthers in a game. Okay. And I don't recall seeing the Arizona Coyotes in a
1: game. Yep, those are the two, VP. That is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Because the Lightning got one. Lightning have had two.
1: Lightning played against the Predators in the and didn't two they? Stadium didn't Stadium Series?
0: Yeah, didn't they play someone else too? They didn't
1: have a winter classic. The Lightning, no, I don't know. I thought that was their maybe only it was one.
0: the I only one. That yeah, I could be
1: wrong. yeah, um, they those will be coming. It's kind of funny. The Coyotes have never had an outdoor game, played in a college arena, <laughs> haven't won the cup, they're just like the shit hole bottom of the barrel. They just get nothing fun in Arizona, I guess, right now. It's like their plans. Didn't their plans get shut down, too, of a new stadium being Yeah. Played? Like mm-hmm. nothing good happens to the Arizona Coyotes. I want
0: something good to happen to them, though. It's I love funny, though. Austin Matthews, the hometown kid, is playing them tonight. I can't wait to watch that.
1: Florida will get one next before Arizona. Yes. They already had the all-star game. The market's there. They're very good. It's coming. Florida Panthers will be the next one to add. I mean, you could play against each other. That'd be funny. The last two teams to have an outdoor game, but it wouldn't make sense. There's not a rivalry there. It's, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it would no. be funny.
0: It would be funny. It would be very funny. Um, I'm excited. I want to go. I want to go to both outdoor games next year. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen. When yeah. there's a will, there's a way. I've been to four outdoor games. By this time next year, I want to say I've been to six. Okay. I'm dead serious. Um, I Actually, if I got to pick one, I would choose Columbus. I know, realistically, no. more likely, yeah, uh, I really... more likely will be the Blackhawks one. But like, which people should be begging me to wear their favorite team's jersey to the outdoor game? Uh, you, you all should. I'm four and zero on whatever I put on my jersey at an outdoor game. Four you put and on a o. Hawks
1: jersey against the Penguins. Yes, really, and they won. Yep, I thought for sure you'd been rooting for the Penguins. No,
0: I, I wore Hawks stuff and the Hawks won. I wore wild stuff in the wild one. I wore brutal stuff in in that one. one. I'm going to, I'm going to, whoever pays me the most money. (laughs) If a Blues fan gave me $100 to wear it, I would wear it. If a Hawks fan paid me to do it, I would do it.
1: Would you ever wear a Rangers jersey? No. To an outdoor game?
0: No. (laughs) Absolutely not. I probably would have worn neutral colors. Um, No, I might have worn an Islanders jersey even though I was rooting for them to lose. Oh, well, yeah, I'm never rooting for the Rangers. Like, my my logic next year is it's going to be hard to root for a Chicago team at Wrigley Field, but I'll probably end up doing it. I'll root for Bedard. Bedard, yeah. Celebrini. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. Notorious TBG says, uh, Vin were the Hawks and the Hawks won. Vin wore the Hawks and the Hawks won.
0: I've only worn the Hawks to one outdoor game, and they won. Their only outdoor victory was me there in attendance wearing their jersey.
1: Make it, too. We need another win next year. Whoever pays
0: me the most. If Tony X on Twitter sends me a DM and says, I need you to wear a blues jersey, here's 150. I will wear my blues colors loud and proud. You're,
1: You're insane.
0: Um do you think Kaner is having a little remorse leaving the Rangers for the wings? I know he loves playing with the cat, but the Rangers are legit and the wings are while they're the wings. That's what Notorious says in the chat. Do you agree with that?
1: No, I don't agree with that. I think the uh, the Red Wings are on the up and up, and I just don't think it was a good fit in New York, to be honest with you. I think he's more of a fit with the Red Wings.
0: I agree. I think the Rangers long-term are in big trouble mm-hmm. because they did a bad job developing Lafreniere. They did a bad job developing Kako. They did a bad job of developing Hedl. Um, Really, the only young players on their team that are promising are Fox and Shesterkin. Shesterkin's having a shit year. Keandre Miller's pretty good. They've done a good job with him, too. Adam Fox is one of the best defensemen in the NHL, and he kind of fell in their laps because he told the Hurricanes – I want to play with the Rangers. I'm not playing for any other NHL team. So him being a fanboy is the only reason they got they got lucky with him. They would have never had Fox if he literally wasn't just a fanboy. And all their best players are on the wrong side of thirty. Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider. Um, It's just not. They traded J T. Miller. Like imagine if they had J T. Miller right now. That that was just terrible. Yeah. Um, It it is just. Not a good situation long-term for the Rangers. They better win their cup this year, and they're probably not going to. I wouldn't want to play the Devils in the first round if I were them. If I'm them, I'm praying the Devils end up not making it. And <laughs> it's funny because I think if the season ended today, it probably – no, the Panthers would play the Red Wings in the first round if the season ended today. But, um, yeah, no, I like I like the fit in Detroit a lot better. And I don't think he would be a point-per-game player with the Rangers right now. I do not.
1: No, he wasn't a good fit there at all.
0: He probably locked himself into longer NHL term with more money by choosing the Wings. Yep.
1: And they're probably
0: going to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams are going to the playoffs, and they both have an equal chance to win once the series start. I truly believe that. Um, uh, yeah. Do you think? Do you agree with that? They're a better win to win the chance to win the cup. No, than I, I
1: I don't actually. <laughs> I agree with you that it's kind of fifty fifty. I think yeah, on paper. The, Re- the Rangers are the better team. But when you go to the playoffs, man, you throw all that out the window and it's literally anything. I mean, look at last year. The Panthers beat the Bruins. I'm sure everybody and their mother thought they were a shoe in right? But once the playoffs start, it's a different ballgame. If and the Wings
0: like, won more playoff series this year than the Rangers, I'd be 0% surprised. Me too,
1: and he's got that experience of winning three cups and, like, that's the guy you want on your team. And there's no one on the Rangers that could has a cane. Like, that's the Red Wings' secret weapon.
0: Yeah, 100% um frank why is florida so good
1: i was right about the penguins but i was dead wrong about the panthers i will say the florida panthers they they proved me wrong they are very good their biggest strength obviously is their offense they have an elite goaltender they have two players with 60 or more points four players with 50 or more points and then this was crazy that 15 of their 21 players on the roster which includes defensemen have at least double digits in points They have a lot of scoring depth, and when you combine scoring depth and playmakers like you have Kachuk and Sam Reinhardt and all these playmakers on the team and one of the best goalies in the entire NHL, you get success. They've gone from the 16th seed last year in the playoffs to almost winning the Stanley Cup, the runners-up, to potentially winning the President's Trophy this year. They've been nothing but improvement over, over the course of the last year, and it's very impressive. I'm very impressed by them.
0: Yep. And Matthew Kachuk had five goals on Christmas. He's got like 16 or something since then. It's crazy. Um, he's been absolutely on fire. for Verhage just won't stop scoring. Sam Reinhart in a contract year, probably going to score 50 goals, at least come close. Um, just been an unreal run for the Florida Panthers. Their defense is real good. Sergei Bobrovsky, the future Hall of Famer, has been um, just absolutely unreal so far this season. And hey, I love to see it with Florida. I I don't know who's going to win the Atlantic out of them or the Bruins, but it's going to be damn close. It's going to be a photo finish. I think both teams are very fun. Very fun. The Bruins need a center. Bees need a center. Um, All right, Frank. That's enough about hockey. I want to move on.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Yesterday, we got a trailer for the Borderlands movie. You're a big gamer. Do you play Borderlands?
1: What do you think about that? What do you like about the movie trailer? Oh, it's funny. Dylan already hates the movie. Yeah, of course. (laughs) He says it's ass already before, like, any... I mean, okay. I, I can't wait to see it on the big screen because I'm very familiar with the Borderlands video games. I think Jack Black is Claptrap. Perfect actor to play that character. You get the funny Jack Black playing a character such as Claptrap. I mean, like, you couldn't peg it any better, honestly, in that aspect. And that is something Dylan agrees with me on. Like, they couldn't have casted a better clap track. Kevin Hart's in it. Um, I like Kevin Hart. That that was one of Dylan's problems with it, is that he's playing a serious role as Roland. Um, I, I'm, to me, I, I don't, he, I've seen him do serious roles fine. I mean, what, what, I don't like typecasting people, thinking that he can only play a certain role. I think that if you're a talented actor, you could play many roles. So I'm not going to shit on the movie until I see it. I'm excited about it. I know Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. Kate Blanchett, which that name might... Do you know who that is? That Mm -hmm. might sound familiar to you. She plays Hela in Thor Ragnarok. So, I mean, it's a pretty stacked cast. And I understand that with movies like this, A, they could bomb out completely, right? You don't see, like, great adaptations of video games all the time. I mean, The Last of Us, they did a great job with that, bringing it to a TV show, but I understand why people are a little hesitant on it, but I'm excited about it. And it really makes me want to play through all the borderlands video games again. And I think I will, by the time the movies released, maybe not all of them because it's scheduled for release on August 9th this year, but uh, I will be seeing it. I am excited to see how it pans out. Me too. I want want to see the route they take too. I want to play at
0: least one borderlands game. You go ahead. You can finish that. thought. No,
1: it's just the storyline. It's like, It's like when they made a Gran Turismo movie. Like, how are you going to make a movie off a game that really has no storyline? Well, the Border game, they do have a storyline. But it's just, to me, it's not movie-esque. But we'll see. I'm excited about it. I mean, all these characters have personalities. Bring those personalities to life, and we'll see what we got. I mean, it's not fair to say you hate a movie before, like, anything's even come out about it. But I I can't wait to see it.
0: I'm trying to think of like a, a movie that I knew was gonna suck before it, I ever saw it, but like I, with that mindset, it made me like it. Oh, the Flash, great example. That movie stunk, but I went in knowing it was gonna stink, and I kind of liked it. Did like, you think
1: the Mario Bros movie was gonna stink? No, I thought I it was thought gonna be, be a little okay. cheesy, though. I thought it'd be a little cheesy. Yeah, I like the Mario to be movie. better. Yeah. So do I.
0: Flash was terrible, but I enjoyed it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm expecting from this Borderlands movie. I'm expecting it to be a terrible movie that I enjoy.
1: I, I don't even think, I think it's going to be like middle of the pack, maybe like a 60s, 70s type of movie, like, but it's not going to be ass. It'll be like, it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. I like a video we'll game, see. so.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, Like, I wanted to like the Marvels. It sucked. I, it pissed <laughs> me off how bad it sucked. Like, that annoyed me. Borderlands being bad isn't going to annoy me. I'm probably going to find like the good things about it. That but like the MCU movies, they don't get that kind of pass. Like not when you're in the same line of story as Captain America the Winter Soldier or Endgame or, you know, WandaVision. You don't, don't get that pass.
1: Cover, yeah. You know?
0: But like yeah, it's going to be fine. I'm excited about it. Um did you see those posters from that proposed Batman movie that like is supposed to be like Spider-Verse. It's from the same creators of Spider-Verse. They're trying to get it made.
1: I don't think so. You
0: should check it out if you have it. You don't have to do it right now, but you should check it out. If they made a Batman movie similar to the Spider-Verse movies, I think I would be so happy. I need it like I need air. The (laughs) Spider-Verse movies are incredible. You've seen them, right? Yeah. They they are amazing. I absolutely love them, and if they made Batman movies like that, I think I would just fall off my chair. Wow. Are you going to see Madam Web?
1: Yeah. Probably Sunday. Really? Probably Sunday, yeah.
0: So, like, I don't really understand it. Like, it's part of the Spider-Man universe. But, like, the Spider-Man universe is kind of, like, somewhat intertwined with the MCU. Mm -hmm. Like, where does Madam Web fit in? Explain that to me.
1: That I I have no idea. Because it's, like, Venom base in uh, that movie Mobius. Yeah, I didn't see Mobius. Me, I didn't either. But, that, I mean, what I've heard about Madam Web is it's one of the worst superhero movies of all time vp wow rotten tomatoes i think gave it a 13 percent holy shnikes it it is apparently i've seen clips like the acting is really bad it is really bad the acting is poor like they didn't care about it and it's just um it's a dumpster fire from whatever people are saying it's so bad you have to watch it of how just how bad it is damn that's disappointing We'll we'll see But like, uh, once again, I don't like to judge a book on its cover until I see it. And I want to give my opinion on it because I don't know. I value my own opinion and we'll see what happens. You know, I hated what if season one. I thought it was so freaking boring and everybody loved it. I watched what if season two, I'd go to say it's elite. They they did something. Did they have different writers or something? The second season of what if is so freaking good. They did such a good job of tying it in. And having, like, sequels to parts, and it's not just a one-and-done episode of it. Like, it was so, so good. And that's another reason. Don't judge a book by its cover. I hated the first season. Going to give the second season a try. Elite. Fantastic.
0: Wow. Okay, I will keep that in mind when I'm looking for something to watch. All right, Frank. I know you're prepared. It's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Probably been a little longer than that.
1: Probably a couple months.
0: It is time for Frank's Video Game Corner, The Floor is Yours.
1: Well, one of the biggest things right now in the video game world is the rumors surrounding the Nintendo Switch 2. Now, we don't know what it is officially going to be called, but a new console from Nintendo is definitely coming. And right now, it's being referred to as the Nintendo Switch 2. It's scheduled to be released in the first quarter of 2025. It kind of got pushed back. There were rumors that it could potentially be released holiday of this year, but they moved it back to 2025. And obviously the reports aren't official. Nintendo hasn't come out and said, we're dropping a Nintendo Switch 2, and it's going to be coming out um, March of 2025. But that's just the reports on what they've been telling, like close insiders to Nintendo and stuff like that. Now, I believe, and I don't even really think it's an opinion, but we are way, way overdue for a new Nintendo console. The Nintendo Switch seems so fresh and new in our minds, but that's just because of how successful it's been. If a new console does release in 2025, that means we went eight years in between the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Switch 2. Way overdue. Like There were only five years between the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch. I do think that short gap was because of how bad the Wii U was and didn't do well, so they wanted to pump a new console out, and because of how successful the Switch has been, they've been okay waiting and like milking as much as they can out of it. But there were six years between the Wii and the Wii U, and I think the biggest thing that people are asking, and it's kind of leaked and something I'm looking forward to, is that your Switch games allegedly... I mean it hasn't obviously been confirmed from Nintendo, but from the scoop I've gotten, are gonna be backwards compatible, which is a huge thing. Cause like you put so much stock into your current system, you have now, you have a Mario Party, Super Smash. You want those things to be backwards compatible. And Nintendo's always been a big advocate about it. I'm excited for what's to come. We're way overdue. I like they Nintendo took the Nintendo Switch to a whole nother level, allowing you to play mobile. And at the comfort of your own living room. It was something we've never seen before from a console. Now, you know, other video game consoles have we've seen like the Steam Deck, which is a portable looks like the Switch. The PlayStation's got something similar to similar to that. They've they paved the way in the video game industry, even with the U having the first motion console like Nintendo does big things in eight years in between consoles a long time i think they got big things planned and i cannot wait to see what they have in store for all of us so i'm very excited about that it's what a lot of people are talking about right now um if you're into elden ring like mostly everyone was and still maybe elden rings first ever dlc got a gameplay reveal trailer today um it was one of the most popular games or recent memory and soon you'll be able to expand on that universe with shadow of the Tree dlc you could go see your first look at it now and what that has to offer with the three-minute gameplay trailer that came out today so that'll be interesting too if you're still playing elden ring or if anybody's still playing elden ring i know we had a lot of people in our friend group who couldn't get enough of it i personally never played it um i should have probably because I'm the video game guy, but at that point, I didn't have the Series X, and I didn't want a chintz. I wanted to get the full experience out of it. So maybe I'll go back and do that, because that, that game's not going to die anytime soon. Um, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, stated that getting rid of physical games is not a strategic thing for the company. They're just going to follow what most people are doing, and a, major- and a majority of gamers right now are buying games digitally. There have been leaked documents about a brand new Xbox coming towards the end of this year. During a business update last week, Xbox confirmed that the current Xbox XS consoles will not be the company's last. Sarah Bond, who is the president of Xbox, said there's, something exciting. there's some exciting stuff coming out in hardware that we're going to share this holiday. The new Xbox that is reportedly coming out later this year is nicknamed Brooklyn and is the Xbox Series X, but it's all digital. Same price as the Xbox Series X, but it just doesn't have a disc tray. So obviously the way I'm taking it is there's going to be updated technology and hardware inside to make it more up to date and a smoother experience than the current Xbox Series X. But basically it's going to be an Xbox Series X, but all digital, which to me, I don't understand the point of what that is, because if I'm going to spend $500, I might as well just get the one that can do both. But obviously, I'm. It's gonna have updated technology. It's like getting a laptop uh, every few years or every an iPhone every new year. But that that's a bad example, because like a new iPhone is a new iPhone. But like I, there's obviously gonna be updated technology because why would you do that? It wouldn't make sense to me. Um, I like flexibility. I don't like to be limited whether if I buy things digitally or physically. But obviously, the market's there for digitally gaming. A lot of majority of the gamers do that nowadays. But I never want to see that die. I hope it never dies. And I, I'm, I'm fearful of that happening eventually. I've, I've bought games digitally. There are games that I own digitally that don't have a physical copy. But there's just something about it. It's like you would never want books to go extinct and everything be an audio book. There's just something nice of holding a physical copy in your hand. You know what I mean? I know you're like that with some games. You're like that with NHL. NHL and Call of Duty's were the games that I always wanted to have a physical copy of because I always had it since like 09 or 10. But anyway, um, I could be wrong, but to me, that's the vibe I get with it. And I'm I'm excited. Uh, Joey's the Apple guy, our uh, old co-host on this show, Joey Parisi. He's the Apple guy. I'm the gaming guy, and I, I like the, the, the new the new systems that come out. Like he likes to get the new iPhones. I like when new consoles and gaming stuff comes out, So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens, but they have confirmed. We will be getting more information about that later on this year. Few more things to close out the gaming corner is MLB the show VP twenty four is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one, March nineteenth. If you're an owner of the Xbox Game Pass, you can download it for free at no extra cost of your subscription if you own the Xbox Game Pass. If you own an Xbox, you're foolish if you do not own the Xbox Game Pass because it includes hundreds of games in your library and it includes online for the cost of you know one cost per month depending on if what you want to do it's either like 1699 or 999 depending on which um one you want to do but mlb the show 24 will be coming to the xbox game pass on day one on march 19th and finally this will be big news for you you'll probably be excited to hear about this you may have seen it Uh, i don't know if you were in new jersey but ea sports college football video game reveal is coming this may been a long time coming i know a lot a lot of people are excited about this you could check out the teaser that ea released earlier last week it got me hyped for sure i cannot wait to get my hands on this football game i cannot wait to see what the real reveal has in store for all of us in a few months i know you'll be getting it i know a bunch of people in our friend group will be getting it I haven't played a college football game. I never got to play uh twelve, was it, or fourteen? And I know a lot of people loved it. So I'm excited to see what they have in store. So that's what I got for you.
0: I had a friend named James. I think you met James a couple times. Um he brought it over the day it came out and we played it for like twelve straight hours. Like it had I, to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so fun. I can't wait to get this and win twelve straight uh national championships with NIU uh win my f- go undefeated like four straight seasons so they can like get the respect they deserve and be a group of five team to make the college football playoff and then win the championship i literally can't wait to do that um it's going to be so much fun i can't wait and then today earlier i don't you didn't include it i'm a little surprised um unless you did it in the 30 seconds that i stepped away to look for a phone charger and i couldn't find one um uh battlefront Star Wars Battlefront. It came out today that it is the collector's edition is coming to Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation. And you could play the Star Wars Battlefront games from like 20 years ago. And that's and I love be those games a lot. So sick. I know. I literally cannot wait. I Are saw a meme. Play? Oh yeah. I saw a meme. It was a picture of a kid version of Anakin playing the one in 04. <laughs> and then adult Anakin playing it. And it's like you know everything's changed, but nothing or nothing's changed, but everything's the same, or something like that, or lots of things have changed, but everything is the same, or something like along those lines. And I thought it was hilarious, but yeah, I can't wait to play that. I can't wait to play all the games you talked about. It's going to be so fun. Um, Spider Man is coming up for me. That is Did you on start the horizon. Star Wars? Yes, I started Star Wars. I got to finish Star Wars, but both of those things are on my horizon coming up here. I'm excited about it, but. Um, Frank, your video game corner was great. Um, can't wait to get back into gaming now that I'm home and kind of settling in a little bit. Um, going forward, though, it's time for America's favorite podcast segment of the week. Breaking Bets. Where's my money? I'll say
1: our Super Bowl breaking bet show was fairly good. We won more than we lost, boosted the percentage up a little bit. Our, uh, hold on. Our NFL record, three and five, not great, better than the one and three, but a lot of those losses were from Super Bowl props, but still came out ahead. Had the Chiefs winning, which that was the big one, obviously, of the show. Um, so yeah that that's where we sit a uh, little bit down in terms of units if you're uh, keeping track of a ten dollar per unit, unit better a hundred dollar per unit better not great but it's really not that bad of a loss either so i mean we're, we're fluctuating it's still early we're in the first quarter of 2024 a lot of time a lot of time to make things up and i got three more picks for you guys all today so i will start off with some nhl picks for you the uh, Buffalo Sabres will travel to play the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Montreal Canadiens have been very, very poor defensively this year, and it's been even worse over the course of the last five games. They've had one good win against the Ducks that they won 5 to nothing in that five-game span, but they've been terrible in nearly every other game. The Canadians have given up 21 goals in their last five games, and that includes a game where they had a shutout. So if they didn't have that shutout, I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't know where they would be at. But that, even with that shutout, they're averaging over four goals per game? You can't win games if you're averaging over four goals per game. That's insane. And this Buffalo Sabres haven't been much better this year, but, I mean, they've been better offensively as of late, and I really think their flashes of great offense will put the Canadians' poor defense to the test tonight. I'm taking Sabers money line at minus 130. Bet to win a unit on that one. Second pick traveling over to some college b-ball got the nebraska corn huskers facing off against the indiana hoosiers nebraska absolutely dominated their first head-to-head meeting this year and they ended up winning by 16 points this is revenge time for the hoosiers nebraska doesn't play well on the road they're 16 and 1 at home nebraska but they're only 1 and 7 on the road it's tough to win road games in the big 10 Indiana, on the other hand, they're 10-4 and at home and are a very dangerous team to play on their home court. This Indiana team has lost their last two games at home, and with them being so good at home, it's hard for me to see them losing three games in a row at home. This is their chance to be dominant like they have been at home and get revenge in a great spot on their home court. Big rebound spot for this team. I'm taking the Hoosiers plus one at minus 110. We're going to bet to win three units on that one. Probably, I think that's the biggest uh, bet of the day, three units on the Hoosiers, plus one point. Finally, this picks for tomorrow, because the NBA is still on their all-star break, and they return tomorrow. I'm eyeing the Clippers at the Thunder. To say I'm proud of this Thunder's team would be an understatement. This Thunder's team has been so bad the handful of years. And this organization has truly, really turned things around. They built around Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They drafted the right pieces. They went out to require the right free agents. And this team is like 20-something games over 500. I mean, I hope the Blackhawks could rebuild as well as the Oklahoma City Thunder has done. Because they we saw flashes of how good they were last year. They got in as a play-in team and they really turned it around and continued that success this year. I'm very proud of them. Since this team's fairly young and having a spectacular year, I think the books just aren't giving them enough credit yet because you have to prove your dominance in the NBA and prove to be respected. And the Thunder, this being their first true dominant year, they haven't really proved that, and the books aren't giving them enough credit. This line to me is a steal, absolute thievery, in my opinion. I like the Thunder's money line at minus 122, bet to win two units on their home court. I mean, this team, it's hard to go against them when they're healthy. And no pun intended, they've been bringing the thunder this year. I mean, they have just been absolutely sensational. Thunder money line bet to win 2 units at -122. They're
0: 37 and 17.
1: Yeah, they're good VP. They are they I hope the Hawks could do what they did because they were so bad. They drafted the right pieces, and we saw it last year. They got into the play-in, and now they're just dominant. Absolutely dominant. And there were times I doubted them this year, and they shoved it right in my face and said, we're, we're good. We are here to play.
0: My Kings will make it to at least the play-in tournament?
1: I hope. We're Kings guys, remember? Right? Yeah,
0: no, we're a big Kings podcast, the Sacramento Kings. My I, mean, I hope is, so. the, Well, they're eighth right now.
1: Oh yeah, then you got to just finish in the top 10. Yeah. 7 so, through t- or yeah, 7 through 10 get the play in.
0: They have four more wins than the Warriors.
1: I believe they're above 500. Slightly. How are the
0: Warriors all the way down there?
1: Dude, the Warriors have been bad lately. Last year they were kind of stinky too. And didn't they win the championship were the Warriors who won it last year?
0: No, the freaking Nuggets oh, won it Nuggets. last year. Nuggets. But Nuggets. the year before the Warriors won. Yeah. Well, good. The Nuggets are pretty good too. It looks like, and then I'm they're looking at easy. the East. The Celtics always at the top. The Bucks, even though they're three and seven in their last ten, are 35 and 21. That means they had a really good record before that. Bad. Well, skid. that's
1: that's blasphemy. They fired their coach. Yeah. Why would they fire having, their coach? They were like 34 and 11.
0: Yeah. Even Doc Rivers was like, I don't know why they did that.
1: Literally, <laughs> they were like 23 games above 500. Yeah. You fire your coach. That's like, weird. Like, what are we doing here?
0: That's weird. The Bulls will have a chance to make play in too.
1: Yeah, they're they probably.
0: Like
1: they're like 10th, right? Or 9th?
0: They're 9th, but 11th has five less wins. Dude, five wins. The win. Bulls
1: could do it. They the were Bulls... in the play in last year, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, they
0: were. They lost to the freaking Heat, who went all the way to the championship. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: If they get in, they're cooked, but because they probably have to play like the Celtics in the first round or who's number two in the East?
0: Uh, the Cavaliers.
1: I think they could beat the Cavaliers, but the Cavaliers have a good team. They're they ain't beating the Celtics though.
0: The Cavaliers are nine and one in their last ten games. They are so hot. Yeah, they're the hottest team in the league. No other team has that kind of last ten. The closest is the Celtics are eight and two.
1: They're they're good though. I mean the NBA is heating up right now. I wish uh I wish you watched the NBA a little bit more.
0: I probably should. I absolutely probably should. It's just hard with every sport that I do watch. I hear you. Like, I'm not not watching sports. It's just...
1: Proud I'm proud of the Pacers it. this year, too, VP.
0: The Pacers. Where are the Pacers at? They're in the East? Yeah. 31-25, sixth place.
1: I mean, that's not even... They're in a real spot, not even a plane. So, that's... The Pacers have stunk lately, too. So, I'm proud of them.
0: Yeah. Well, good for them. Uh The top five seem like they're pretty much the top five. They're the five teams that everyone kind of... Well, like other than the Cavaliers. I don't know if people expected them to be good, but they are.
1: Uh, Yeah, the Cavs, people expect it. They were pretty good last year. Oh, okay.
0: So one through five, the 76ers, Knicks, Bucks, Cavs, and Celtics.
1: And the thing is, the Sixers are low. That's because Embiid was out for, like, ages. Like, Sixers are no joke either, but.
0: Yeah, they're three and seven in their last ten. You think that turns around because he's healthy now?
1: Yeah, I do. I think so. But the, the Sixers also, to me, are, like, the chokes of the NBA. Like, they always have a good season and just falter off, in my opinion. It's like. Yeah. It'd be nice
0: to see them get one.
1: Maybe it's like the NFL where everybody gets one. Like Curry's gotten four and this person and LeBron's gotten how many, but everybody gets their one, right? Like Jokic got his one, but he'll probably get another. Giannis got one or two. One. One.
0: But he'll probably get another two, I would think. But the fact that they haven't won a second one yet is a little surprising, to be honest with you. I thought they'd go back to back, but.
1: I just think they're badly run. Why are we firing a coach when you're, like, fantastic? Wait, I said they might have been 30 games. If they're, like, 34 and, like, 14, they're, like, 30 games over 500. No, 20. 20. They're
0: 35 and 21.
1: Yeah, they were 34 and, like, 14 or something. That's crazy. Or something along that nature.
0: Well, 10 games ago, what's 20? They were... Ten games ago, they were thirty-one and four.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Two. They were thirty. They were thirty-two and fourteen. Ten games. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we're firing a coach. Like, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, that's dumb.
1: Like, what? Could you imagine if the Devils were that good and they fired Lindy Ruff? You'd be like, what's going on?
0: Yeah, that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And then they proceed to lose a bunch of games following it.
1: Because it doesn't make. He was a good coach. Come to the Bulls, brother. I'll, I'll take you in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Go to my Kings. Let's yeah, go Kings.
1: He'll have a job.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, Frank, this was a great show. We touched on just about everything. I mean, we missed Literally, two I'm weeks, definitely. and we came back, and we're strong. So, very excited. Hey, I don't know if we're doing – I think we are doing Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. Um, I don't know what time. I have no idea what time yet. But the White Sox play the Cubs on Friday. So, I absolutely would love to get it going as spring training is fully underway um baseball season is just about here excited about that we're getting all the sports back together and so summer's on its way it's real nice outside today
1: oh my god um, it's shorts weather almost for me yes. i'm busting out the shorts i'm serious
0: i'm wearing shorts right now but i mean i wear shorts every day
1: but i really it, do so i've worn like 20 degrees but
0: yeah but like today people
1: won't give you dirty
0: looks um <laughs> yeah i'm excited about it i'm excited about what's going on here at the barroom network a lot of off-season stuff um, you can go check out all of our stuff on fan sided and read all the stuff. USA Today as well. I'm I'm in a USA today for the first time. Yes,
1: congratulations. VT. Thank you.
0: I haven't really announced that on the show yet. So bears wire I don't
1: have a graphic for that. Yeah. But... Not yet,
0: but we'll get there. But <laughs> bears wire covering the bears. I actually have a piece that I have to turn in right when I'm done with this program. And I'm very excited for people to read it. Um, it's about CJ Stroud and Justin Fields and their relationship and what CJ Stroud thinks the Bears should do with their current quarterback situation. I'm sure you could guess based on what CJ Stroud. Yeah. He chimed in. Really? Yeah.
1: I'm a little surprised,
0: but, Players always take the side of players that are already in the NFL. Right. right. They they there's a reason most former players become especially shitty GMs.
1: quarterback to quarterback. It's like yeah. you
0: got the... And where did both Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud go to school?
1: That I don't
0: know. They both went to the and Ohio Stroud, State. Yeah,
1: University. I knew. I knew Stroud went. Oh my god, I knew both.
0: Yeah, exactly. they both went to Ohio State. So like, I both gonna, them play. they're going
1: to
0: they're going to be boys. Like, of course, C.J. Stroud thinks the Bears should keep Fields. He's not yeah. looking at it from a football. He's looking at you know complimenting his friend
1: I, can't um, believe I said that. That's
0: no i get what I get. it happens to me all the time but frank today was a great show go read all of our shit app trigger usa today bears wire um puck pros you know what to do follow she us on twitter at do. the king bean at Vinny parisi um frank it's good to be back i'm excited we'll be back next week and you got anything else left to get off your chest before we get on out of
1: eat I'm just happy you're back, happy you had a great time, and uh, happy the show's back. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to our next one already. And, again, South Burbs hit – or, excuse me, Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. South Burbs hitman's closer than people realize. But uh, Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. Make sure you find us and the rest of the great shows here at the Barroom Network getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. And, as always, Frank, thank you for listening. Another happy landing.